Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price. Kyle, what's up? Week one in the books, baby. Let's that go. Is it. So we are we are going to make a very, very concerted effort here to record regularly in the regular season because obviously it's hard to do. You, we want to do weekly picks. Yes. So if you miss a week, we try to post it on Facebook. It's just, it's not the same. We want you guys to hear us make the picks, explain why we're making the picks, right. break down the week that was, talk about the week upcoming. Uh, so with that being said, here we are, week two. Let's let's get into it. Um, most of our listeners, I assume, are Browns fans, or they are Steelers fans that know more about the Browns than they should, <laughs> which I, I don't understand, but hey, to each their own. Um so yeah, so we'll get right into it. The Browns obviously lost a heartbreaker to the Chiefs. Uh, I won't even say a heartbreaker. It was a barn burner. It was a fun game. It was a, uh, from start to finish, just nonstop action. Re- really, I mean, there were minimal punts. Just the well, we, ball. Didn't use, we didn't use our punter until the fourth quarter. Yeah, and by that point, he had forgotten all of his skills. <laughs> he doesn't know how to hold the ball. <laughs> he, he was so rusty that he couldn't catch the snap. <laughs> um, but that happens, and I mean... We'll get into all that. We'll break down the nuance or like the, the, the individual things, what went wrong, what went right, uh, what they can build on, what to look forward against Houston. Obviously, we'll break down all that shit. We're going to talk about the upcoming week of the, the NFL. We're going to talk a little bit about baseball because we're getting a little tighter for the playoffs. I think last episode, it was the Yankees and Red Sox for one and two in the wild card. And within that time, it's been one week and the hottest team in baseball, arguably the Toronto Blue Jays, have surpassed both of them. They are now the first place wild card team. So yeah, they come out of nowhere. A lot of cool shit. Vlad Guerrero more than likely going to be your American League MVP. Uh, it'll probably go to Otani, um, mostly because the Major League Baseball doesn't like Canada, and so they're not going <laughs> to give it to Vlad Guerrero Jr. Even though I mean, but they we should, like Japan, so it's okay. They're probably going to give it to Otani just because of his the what he does. He plays both positions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um. You know, I'm sure they'll give it to him, but we'll see. I think it personally, I think it belongs to Vladimir Guerrero because you don't want to give an MVP to a guy on a shitty team that's right. not even going to make the playoffs. But, but it's been done before, so, right? I mean, I mean, if they, if that's going to be the case, then like your three front runners for American League MVP this year could be Vlad Guerrero, Otani, and probably Jose Ramirez because we had no business being near 500, and we are. So for that, I give all the credit to Jose Ramirez. He's the only one who's consistently been good. He's stayed healthy. So I'm well, giving it to well, Jose lock Ramirez. Lock it up. Let's just give it to Jose Ramirez. Who that's, cares? That's what they should do. If they're going to give it to a team on a lose, <laughs> with a losing record, it's, it's Jose Ramirez. But we'll get into all that and much, much more. So let's do it. Let's break down the Browns games. The Browns lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't remember the final score off the top of my head. Was it 33-29 to 29 or something? 33-28 or something like that. Yeah. So it, we lost. It yeah, matter. we lost. I don't remember the final score. It is what it is. I could care less about that. But um, So we'll get into it. The Browns got off to a hot start. Browns... Got the ball to start off the game, went right down the field, scored a touchdown. Oh, yeah. Um, they had no trouble running the ball. All of our touchdowns, we had four touchdowns on the day. They were all on the ground, two from Nick Chubb, one from Kareem Hunt, one from Jarvis Landry. We had um, we had some decent defense in the first half, I guess you could say. we. For me, the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not saying, I mean, he, he currently is playing like an all-time great. I'm not willing to give him that nod yet because, I mean, he's got one MVP, one Super Bowl. Impressive, but Eli Manning has two Super Bowls. So Super Bowls, as a Browns fan, obviously they're impossible to come by. But for other teams, some some decent quarterbacks get Super Bowls. Obviously, I think Patrick Mahomes is a much better quarterback than Eli Manning. But I'm not ready ready to anoint him as one of the greatest of all time. 
sure, sure is looking like he will be. But the best analogy that I can give is the just the Chiefs offense in general to me is they're the, Le- the LeBron James of football. You can't stop them. You can only hope to contain them. <laughs> the the age-old quote. It, you know, I mean, it's the truth, though, and that's pretty much what happened with with on Sunday. The, the Browns came in. Browns did their best. There's only so much you can do to stop Tyreek Hill, to stop Mahomes, to stop Travis Kelsey. They did everything they could, and they couldn't stop them. Well, what the one thing I noticed that I just it just kept getting annoying because they did it over and over and over again was the they exploited our weakest point. And what is our weakest point on defense? The linebacking core. Yeah. So they picked apart that yep. middle of the defense all day. It was just a 10, 10 yards out and in pass, run the ball. Ten out, ten yard cross pattern, catch the ball, run the ball. If they went deep. Our cornerbacks actually did pretty well. Uh, There's a lot of plays that I was really impressed. Our secondary coverage was really good. We're not going to talk about the 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 miss miss block or whatever the 75 yard touchdown pass to Hill. I just got turned around. I'll I'll give John Johnson all the credit in the world. That's a safety trying to cover Tyreek Hill. Sure, that should have never been the case. I'm not sure what happened on the. I don't want to point fingers or anything, but if I had to guess... Well, I think it's when the play broke down to the right. And there was, was kind blown of, coverage. Yeah. A corner was supposed to stay on, on uh, Tyreek Hill with John Johnson being the over-the-top help. It, I remember it happened last year against... I want to say it was, yeah, it was Dallas. So we were playing against Dallas, and I remember there being a deep touchdown. Andrew Sandejo is the only guy on the, on the screen. Everyone's texting, that guy fucking sucks. He just gave up a touchdown, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And again, I don't. I I come off like a fucking arrogant prick when I say stuff like this, but I'm okay with it. I've never heard you. I call understand that before. football. It's weird. So I knew that Sindejo wasn't the guy covering him. <clears throat> just because he's in the area isn't doesn't mean you just blame him. There was a reason that he was wide open. And then when I watched the replay, there's a corner who blew his assignment. So Sindejo's rushing over to the other side of the field trying to cover this guy, but it's it's way too late by that point. Sindejo was not even supposed to be over there, and he's getting blamed for it. Kind of the same thing with John Johnson. I think. If I had to guess, John Johnson was supposed to have somebody else covering him. John Johnson was supposed to cover the top, and the play broke down. He was one-on-one with Tyreek Hill. Mahomes actually made a really bad throw. He underthrew it. Mm-hmm. If John Johnson was able to play his normal defense, probably an interception right there because he can play center field, look for the ball. Instead, he's covering Tyreek Hill like a corner, and if you, I'm sure you've all, saw, you've all seen the play. He overran Tyreek Hill because he wasn't expecting it to be an underthrown ball like that. Yeah, he would have turned around. So if he, he could, if he had turned around in. and saw the ball, he could have either defended it, picked it off, even mm-hmm. you know whatever. But he's so focused on trying to keep up with Tyreek Hill's speed, which is the problem that Tyreek Hill presents, and they exploited it perfectly. One-on-one coverage with a safety, Tyreek Hill's going to win that ninety-nine out of a hundred. So I don't fault John Johnson for that. Mm-hmm. I really only fault the the coverage. Whoever was responsible for Tyreek Hill in that play. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think what happened was when it broke down and he went and Mahomes went to the sidelines, all the defense just condensed yeah. towards that, which which is horrible. But and it's unfortunate, but you know, you you better come if you're going to play Kansas City, you better be in great shape because you play till the end of the whistle. Mm-hmm. They do not stop. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't go down easily, he's very elusive, and those wide receivers know how to get open mm-hmm. when he's looking and scrambling. He's looking for someone downfield. Uh, Kelsey's one of the best in the league at it. He can run option plays. He admitted the other day he was on the show with. Uh, if any of you guys watched the the Manning brothers did the Monday night thing, which oh, is, is kind of cool. This, they broke is it this down. where he forgot who he's playing this week. You can talk about that or yeah, oh, who okay. cares? <laughs> I don't blame him. I would forget too. Do you really just, look ahead? It was just funny though. But he talked about how sometimes at the line of scrimmage he'll just give Mahomes a nod, 
And he's like, that's when he knows, I'm just going to make some shit up, pretty much. Like, I'm just going to do whatever I want here. And he's like, he finds me, so it works. Right, right. And I that's kind of like what the, the Chiefs offense, obviously, it's very structured. Andy Reid's one of the best coaches of all time. But at the end of the day, if something goes wrong, they're so good, a broken play is nothing to them. Right. They, just, they play backyard football. I, I still think, I, I really do think the Browns defense did well. I mean, in the first half, we held them to, what, eight points? Yeah, and I mean it's that's unheard of sometimes yeah. against Kansas City. I mean, our, we got burnt in the middle of the field, but we we bend we 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 bend it, but we didn't broke. You know, yeah. whatever. So, you know, our, our corners, our safeties did well. Our, our our defensive line, I didn't I didn't see Miles or J- uh, Clowney get to the quarterback. Obviously, it's Patrick Mahomes. You're right. not going to get to him. But yeah. the, but the pressure was there enough. Exactly. That in you terms saw of a pressure, lot of this. They didn't get the sacks, but the pressure was there. Yeah. It's just the Chiefs are that good. Yeah. Like Mahomes gets rid of the ball so quickly. Um, I mean, JOK was JOK was out there. You didn't hear his name mentioned, but he was he was he got graded pretty well for the week. But he's around. He played very few snaps. Yeah, I, I don't know I why. It's that. weird. I think it's I, I, it didn't make a lot of sense. I think basically the, the Chiefs exploited our linebacker so much that the Browns tried to cycle guys in to see who could do what. Um, obviously. Losing Ronnie Harrison to that bullshit ejection. Oh, Jesus Christ. That was, what, on the fifth snap of the defensive yeah, game? Yeah, that was so, fucking horrible. So he gets ejected right there. I think that's that that really screwed the whole defensive game plan up because Ronnie Harrison's a good safety. He's got a very good eye for the ball. He's a good tackler. I think him being on the field would have been huge. Instead, you now go from, you know, injuries happen, next man up, etc. But five plays into the game, obviously it could have been an injury, but it wasn't. It was an ejection. So it's something that's avoidable. And, I mean, I fully blame the NFL. We'll talk about that individually after this, after we talk a little bit here. But um, I think that just really screwed up everything for the defense. That's when you start going, shit, now we have to substitute guys in for Harrison when we weren't planning on doing that. Yeah. And I just think it screwed everything up. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I heard it was either he played 34 snaps or 34% of the snaps, JOK. So it wasn't as much as I would have expected from a rookie. Um, I mean, he graded. I mean, yeah, he, graded look, he graded well. well just, so he was out there doing something. I think it's also of. I'd like to see a bigger. I'm sure uh, that will come. I mean, I think the next the next and, five games we play are all against yeah. teams that are not obviously Kansas City quality. So we'll right. get more of this chance for him to show. And that's who he my is. biggest thing is we have such a revamped defense. So many new players, so many new names, rookies, veterans, etc. All trying to mesh. All trying to get a, get adjusted to playing with each other. You can only do so much in practice. Sure, you're going. Not 100% because you don't obviously want to hurt your teammates and stuff like that. So you're, you're practicing. I'm sure they go hard. Don't get me wrong. But it's nothing like real game right. experience. Right. So this defense, for the first time ever, being on the field together, trying to mesh, trying to learn against the greatest offense in football, arguably, that's a tough ask. Yeah. So I'm, ha- I'm okay I was with happy that. with the defense. You guys I mean, all knew going into it I expected the Chiefs to win. Really didn't even expect it to be this close as it was to the point where we were winning in the fourth. You know, we were... We could have won the game on the last drive, obviously, and we had a lead late in the game. Um, but mistakes happen, and that's something that happens. You can't do that against good teams. Obviously, we, we we look at the Browns as a good team, but you really can't make those mistakes against a team like the Chiefs if you're trying to be an up-and-comer, uh, uh, trying to be a, a real legit contender. You can't fumble Nick Chubb. I understand it's part of the game. I'm not holding uh, it against him. He never fumbles. I also it's don't so think horrible. that the one thing for me that people, people are so desperate of trying to not blame Baker for that interception. They look back and go, the dropped punt by Jamie Gillum, that cost us the game. Mm. Uh, the fumble by Nick by Nick Chubb, that turned momentum, that cost us the game. Realistically, that fumble by Nick Chubb, we gained four points out of it. <laughs> because obviously... Yeah, we stopped them on the next We drive. stopped them, they kicked a field goal, then we went down and scored a touchdown. So mm. we, only, we only 
we got four points and added on to it, so it didn't hurt us. If anything, we went up a little bit more. Uh, the Gillum definitely hurt. I mean, that was a touchdown right there. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> your presumable franchise quarterback has the ball with over two minutes to go and a timeout. And we were moving. Things were going well till Baker threw the interception. I'm not going to sit here. I'm sure you guys were expecting me to come on here and, and bash Baker and say he's a bum because he threw the pick. It happens. It's not a good look for him. It's definitely not something you see. When's the last time that you can think of that in a big game against a great opponent, Rodgers threw an interception, Brady threw an interception, Russell Wilson threw a big interception. I mean, the Super Bowl, obviously. I mean, it happens. It but happens, it's... but it's so rare for yeah. these great quarterbacks. And that's, I was listening to uh, Chris Rose. I'm a huge fan of Chris Rose. I'm sure you guys know him from MLB Network, NFL Network. He's, he does everything. He's a Clevelander. So he's a Browns fan in his heart, but he works for like the national uh, media. But he said today on the radio, and I respected this answer more than ever, he said, as a quarterback, you're kind of defined by moments. And Baker's yet to really have that moment that sets him apart and makes him a franchise quarterback. You can argue stats till you're blue in the face. You can argue wins and losses, but it's about moments. Brady's won Super Bowls, led these huge comebacks. You've seen these quarterbacks do these amazing things, win MVPs, shit like that. Baker's yet to do anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um in, they were talking about it, too, because people were trying to say that Baker doesn't have the the winning instinct and he can't lead the team at the end of the game. And they broke down that out of his, like, 48 career starts or whatever he's at, he has uh, seven career game-winning or game-time drives. drives yeah. Which isn't a lot, but the other thing that's kind of irritating, not irritating, but upsetting when you see those, is who he did it against. The first one of his career came in, I think they said, out of the seven, four of them came in his rookie season. Mm-hmm. And one of them was against the Jets, his first career start, or first career appearance, I should say. The Jets just had the third overall pick that year. The Jets went on to pick, I think, third again the next year. They were a bad team, so I'm not knocking it. I mean, you won the game. Kudos to Baker, but he hasn't done it against that upper echelon talent, and he had the chance to do it against the Chiefs on Sunday. Didn't come through. Through the interception, it happens. He did get hit. It's not like it was a bad, it was a bad decision, but it wasn't like it was a horrible forced throw you know what i mean right if that makes sense he didn't throw it across his body over the middle of the field and it got picked off it was a an accident it happens it costs us the game in my opinion that's what cost us the game and i'm not i'm not saying that as ammo on baker it's just to me you had the ball with time on the clock with the ball in your good field position a timeout all you had to do was just go score the touchdown i know it's easier said than done but that's that's what cost us the game was that interception because you didn't miss an opportunity to win until that interception happened for what and so taking away that in which obviously that's a big point but looking at the rest of the three quarters 3.5 quarters of the game baker looked pretty damn good yeah i, I it, thought he moved the ball he may have me he had quick that's stefanski yeah i get it but i mean him himself he had a couple yeah. lookoffs um well that's one thing i've I noticed i've seen this i've seen so far in just one game but the lookoffs was a big thing for him last year. He would always sometimes focus on one receiver and try yeah. to get it to that receiver. In this game, and maybe it's just him, obviously the coaching, mm-hmm. helping out over the offseason, him working. I mean, he's in hella good shape this year, better than he was last year. Yeah. But I think he worked a lot in the offseason. And one of the things I noticed in this game is, is looking off the receiver, looking off the safety, looking off the corner. He did it a couple times this game um, and got the ball down the field. Uh, but that's some of the smaller things I'm noticing, and I'm hoping it progresses throughout the year, that I feel like Baker's taking a small step. And we'll see how it goes the rest of the year. It's just one game. I get it. Right. But I thought he looked okay. You know, and I'm, I'm excited. Our offense looked amazing. Our running game was there. Our line was there. Um, you know, 
I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of Schwartz now. I mean, Jesus Christ, I can't wait to see what else we can do with that kid. Right. I mean, his speed just took off, you know. Because he is, in my opinion, I'm not comparing them talent-wise because obviously Odell Beckham Jr. is a great wide receiver. Who's he, Odell Beckham Jr.? Right. When he was in his prime, Odell was one of the greatest receivers in football. Right. For me, Schwartz is his replacement. Mm-hmm. And by that, I just mean, like we talked about last week, before, when we recorded before the game, we talked about Schwartz and that speed and how teams have to respect that because he can go over the top on you and you have to have that safety ready for him. And you also have to have that safety kind of prepared for the, the running game. And it worked out beautifully on Sunday. They were scared to do both. One big factor for the Browns, though, was that they were without two of their best defensive players. They had no Frank Clark and no yeah, Tyron yeah, no, Matthew. Yeah. So I think that would have really changed things, in my opinion. I think Tyron Matthew is, when he's on the field, He's a guy, he's like Miles Garrett. Like, you have to know where he is at all times. He's a game wrecker. He can do what, I mean, he intercepted Baker in the playoff game. He's just that kind of guy. He does everything. So, um, for me, that was huge. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I'm not saying Baker had a bad yeah, game sure. by any stretch, but I just think Kevin Stefanski called a perfect game. Yeah, Kevin I, Stefanski. I mean, he was a hell of a coach. If, I mean, if, if Chubb didn't fumble, I mean, because I, I actually heard a couple people, and this just shows you how fucking ignorant Cleveland fans are. I've heard some calls this week on the radio. First one was being. Uh, they were questioning Kevin Stefanski, and they said, how do you Did blow I that game? What, was it on one of the local shows? Yeah. I, I must and, have missed and that. And they were like, you know, how do you blow that game? We had the lead. Kevin Stefanski, he doesn't know what he's doing. He can't close out games. And they're like, how do you figure? He's like, well, you know, Nick Chubb fumbled. And they're like, well, how the hell is that Stefanski's fault? And then same thing with the uh, the dropped punt by Gillum. How is that Stefanski's fault? How right. is the interception Stefanski's fault? He ran. He called a perfect game. In my opinion, he was neck and neck with Andy Reid in terms of coaching. Within which, in year two, with the Browns of all teams, super impressive. I love Kevin Stefanski. I can't say it enough. But the fact that fans were questioning Stefanski after that just shows the ignorance. And then on top of that, spoiler alert: Odell Beckham Jr. has been officially ruled out for Sunday against the Texans. I'm glad they waited. I mean, they did. It I mean, now. I get it against the Chiefs because against the Chiefs, you're they're using their entire offseason to game plan for you. You have to throw a wrench in there, and I think that's what they were doing. Because with that, the Browns and Chiefs have been planning to play each other. We knew the schedule for months. That's your number one thing in training camp, and as soon as practice is starting, you're, you're preparing for the Chiefs. That's all you can do as a team. You're preparing for week one, and then as soon as week one's over, you prepare for week two. So leading up to the Chiefs game, I understand that. They're yeah. making the Chiefs think Beckham might be out there. We have, to, we have to plan for him. We have to be aware of him. And then right before the game, they go, oh, yeah, Beckham's not playing. I like that move against the Texans. There's really no Tom Fullery there. Everyone's going to see that Beckham hasn't practiced. When Beckham doesn't practice on Friday, again, after missing week one, that's where teams are going to realize he's not playing. So you really can't hide it in week two, but leading up to week one, I liked it. It was a good mind game. So I like that about Stefanski. But what I was saying is, as soon as he announced that today, I'm listening to the local radio today, fans called in immediately and said, it's time for Beckham to go. you got to go him. This guy just can't stay healthy. And it's like... He's been, he, he tore his ACL, and then a guy had the audacity to call him. This, again, just shows you the stupidity of fans and why I get into so many heated arguments with them. He said, Joe Burrow got hurt after after Odell Beckham, and he's out there. Oh, there's a tweet today on, on Twitter about that, too. And the guy goes, well, are you calling, like, Odell a wuss? Like, and he's like, no, but he's out there playing. And they're like, well, what position does Burrow play? And the guy's like, quarterback. And like, Odell Beckham is not a quarterback. You're not cutting and pivoting and running yeah. full speed on every play as a fucking quarterback. Yeah. That's like asking an NBA player to, to come back from an ACL injury in 10 months. When you're not standing stationary, jogging a little bit like a quarterback, you're running full speed. You're cutting. You're doing this. It's really hard to do on a surgically repaired knee. Yeah. So the fact that fans don't understand that and they just think it's apples to apples, fucking Joe Burrow and Odell Beckham both had surgery, so they both should be back. 
just shows the stupidity of people. And again, with me, how quickly the fans just go, get him out of here now because he can't play in week two against the Houston Texans. Do you really think we fucking need Beckham on week two against the Texans? No. I hope We not. need Beckham in week 19 when we're in the fucking playoffs, you idiots. Right. Who gives a fuck about week two? I hope he doesn't even play next week, you fucking dummies. <laughs> are you angry today? I mean. No, I'm just, people are so stupid. <laughs> Browns fans are so. I've had to listen to. You dumb, start off so quiet and nice and composed, and so I, you just get it going. Builds up because I think about it in my fucking head all, all day at work, and when I'm listening to the show, is, I, I would assume he comes back in like week six or so. I would assume. And, I mean, I think even before I, then, because if they expected him to miss like that much, that many weeks, they'd have put him on the IR. Yeah, I mean, he, you can I put mean, him he's on out there working. IR he's not running. He six to eight weeks. He's not running routes. He's yeah. cutting and running, and he has the speed. His speed's there. I mean, and and from what I was told was. Well, what we were told, I should say, from Stefanski and all them was he went out there before the game against the Chiefs. He warmed up and he didn't like how he was like feeling. So he said, you know, who knows their body better than him? Right. And he said, this doesn't feel right yet. I don't think I'm ready to go. And that's what you do as a teammate. The best thing he could have done was say, hey, I'm not 100 percent or I'm not even 80 percent. I don't want to hurt the team today. You're, we're playing the fucking Chiefs. I can't be out there not contributing. Yeah. Anthony Schwartz can contribute. I think that's a great thing as a teammate. Like, to me, that's a mature thing for Odell Beckham. And fans don't see it that way. Fans are stupid and they're mad and they go, well, you can't stay healthy. Get rid of him. I, I think that uh, Schwartz can become one of those go-to go-to people. They bring him in. He yeah. plays maybe, what, 20 snaps a game. But he's going to be out there. And, he's, you need him for and I'm glad that he can he, he caught the ball. Like that first pass to him when he did the little juggle. I'm like, oh, bit. shit. I mean, that is one of his knocks. He, but he brought he it to, in. He has to work on having more consistent hands. And he has to work on his route running a little bit. Yeah. But I mean that'll come. Yeah. That's his first game ever. There was there was Let's one... assume this guy plays a ten year career. Like yeah. you got a long way to go, yeah. dude. There was one play that I really uh that I I, I want to assume that I was right in how it was called, but maybe I'm not. The play that they that they tossed back to Jarvis to set him up to throw, mm-hmm. but he didn't throw, and then he like faked the throw, and then he ran. Like I wonder if that was called that way because you're about the touchdown. No, no. Oh no, 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 I know what you're talking about. No, was... so it was like he got like 15 or 20 yards out of it. Yeah. But like it was set up for him to try to pass the ball, and like he faked people out, and then he ran. I think I think it was maybe done on purpose because they know that he's done it now three or I think four or five times. Yeah, I think they wanted the defense to be afraid of him throwing, so they you know obviously you want your corners to and your your defensive backs etc. Because as to, soon as he faked the throw, because you have opened to respect up. that pass, yeah, yeah. and then he's going to run it forward. Um, but yeah, to me, I think that was a designed almost like a pump fake run. Because I mean, as soon as he pump faked it, it opened up and he just ran for like twenty yards. Yeah. It was like a perfectly caught play. Yeah, because he was really quick to tuck the ball. Also, so I almost think that that was a designed yeah. run. That was just more so like a let's fake the defense out. Hope he didn't want to mess up it. his perfect quarterback rating. Exactly, either. he's he's the best in the league. Best our best quarterback on our team. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say league, but, but that's uh, fine. But yeah, so I mean, as Kyle and I both said last week, we both expected the Chiefs to win. So it's 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 promising to see the Browns. But I'm glad what we say too. We also said if they lose, lose close, keep it close, and they did. It, it's they a played a good game. We, like I said, we had a chance to win the game with a minute and a half. We had an interception that sealed it. But we had a chance. We were at midfield. Yeah, it's not like we were going in the fourth quarter down by yeah. five touchdowns. Yeah, or we weren't like trying to make a comeback, and then all of a sudden it's like, damn, we just fell short, or yeah. you know, back and forth. Obviously, I understand we we had a decent lead, and we we didn't. I, again, I'm, I can't be mad at the defense for giving up that lead. You're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Unless it's, we played as lights out and dominant as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. did in the Super Bowl, you're not stopping that offense. You're just not. Yeah, I mean, the only thing it's funny. I saw two two offenses from Kansas City. The first half, it was all throwing. You yeah, know, throw, 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 throw. And that that's a testament to our defense. Our defense was great against yeah. the run. We were shutting down Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We weren't giving him any running lanes. 
Even uh, Patrick Mahomes had a few runs here and there, but we weren't giving Nothing up. Nothing big. We weren't giving yeah. up huge, huge chunk plays. And then the 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 tiredness war uh, came into came into play. The the stamina differences, and I mean, obviously Kansas City exploited our our linebackers. It's our weakest point on our defense. I think we can all agree to that. Um, part of me wants to question what Joe Woods' game plan was against the offense, but at the same time, I think he's a paid professional. He knew what he could try to do. You're doing it against the best offense in football, so I can't really be that upset about it. Yeah. I'm hoping that we have a little more practice time going against uh, not the best offense this week. Yeah. I mean, I'll give the Texans credit. Texans were a surprise W. Uh, Kyle and I both picked Jacksonville last week, and Houston came out, and they didn't fuck around. They scored a lot of touchdowns. They pounded the ball. They played... I mean, the scary thing that I never really took into consideration with that team, not to get off topic, but we're going to get into like our keys to this week. Um, the Houston Texans have a veteran offense. They have, uh, he doesn't go by Tyrod anymore. It's Tyrod Taylor. Oh, yeah, Tyrod, you have to respect yes. it. Tyrod Taylor. So they have Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback. They have Mark Ingram. They have uh, Philip Lindsay as their running backs. They have um, David Johnson, one of the running backs. Brandon Cooks at wide receiver. These guys have been in the league for like 10 years. They have Aguilar too. Maybe not. Do they? I think so. Nelson Aguilar? Yeah. They might. It's possible. I mean, I they're know. just a team of savvy veterans. Yeah. And obviously the roster looks like shit on paper, but they when can you make, see them they play, can make plan. Just, they can these make are just plays, guys that yeah. know like, hey, do your job. Let's be, be, you know, trick some rookies, some younger players. That's what they did. Again, take it with a grain of salt. They did it against Jacksonville. Jacksonville were expecting to be one of the worst teams in football. So it's not like they went out there and beat the Buccaneers. Right. They beat Jacksonville. So... All I'm saying is the Browns should take them serious. Don't look ahead. Don't look at the don't look at the Bears. I get it. We're at home. First time we'll have full capacity in two years. Expectations are high. The buzz is going to be fucking unbelievable. I can only imagine what downtown's going to be like on Sunday. But take them serious. That's all I can say. Take them. Take them serious. You got to stop the run. You got to contain uh, Taylor. You got to contain Ingram and all them. Uh, so this is going to be a huge test for our linebackers too, because I don't think we're going to expect a big air assault. It's going to be a lot of dink and dunk. They're going to chip away at us. They're going to wear us down. And this is where the linebackers and defensive line have to step up. Mm -hmm. And this is where we see what they're made of. Yeah. I I think uh, any other coaching staff, I'd be concerned if I was looking this team over, but I think that, you know, Stefanski won't. I'm not more so fans. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah. I mean, Stefanski, this whole coaching thing is we're on, we're on the Texas now, you know, right. You know, I, I going back to Stefanski and how much I, I love this guy. You know, when he was asked about that fight uh, during the Kansas City game, mm-hmm. um, they asked, what do you think should happen to the coach and the other team? And his answer was like, I don't care. He said, I'm, I'm worried, worried about, about my guys. My I don't care about them. Like, I love, I just yeah. love that. You know, any because other coach opens the opportunity, he wants to talk shit, he doesn't yeah. care. And because he's he's got a point, because what, what's he going to say? Suspend that guy for right. the next game? Right. What do we give a fuck? We don't play Kansas City again for the rest right. of the year. Right. Who cares what happens it was to just, that guy? Stuff like that to me is just so calm, cool, collective, yeah. you know. Because that's what Bill Belichick used to do. I'll never forget his, on to Cincinnati. He sounds like an younger version of Belichick almost. which I like yeah. from what I understand Kevin Stefanski gives very vanilla answers for the most part you almost know what he's gonna say but behind the scenes it seems like these guys will run through a fucking wall for him he has the respect of the locker room and that's all you can ask for mm-hmm. these guys do what they're asked respect your coach yeah. and then he's gonna talk to the media and he's gonna be very blunt Re- reporters must say talking to him <laughs> no I think he's, he still cracks a few jabs he's not as bad as Belichick but, uh, uh, yeah, Belichick just hates reporters. But yeah, yeah, so let's get into that Ronnie Harrison issue, or, or play, I guess you should say. So what happened was Ronnie Harrison makes a tackle, gets up on the sideline, gets pushed. 
by a Kansas City offensive lineman because he's you know he's taunting a little bit, Ronnie Harrison, nothing nothing egregious, nothing malicious. Gets pushed, has nowhere to go, accidentally steps on the Kansas City player. Was not intentional, never even looked down, don't even think he knew he was underneath him. He steps on the guy. Then all of a sudden, um, Greg Lewis, the ex-Philadelphia wide receiver, he's now the running back coach, I think, of yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs, runs over because it was a running back that got stepped on, and he pushes Ronnie Harrison. So Ronnie Harrison looks at him and says, fuck you, pushes him right back. Initially, I'm thinking, uh-oh, there's some pushing and shoving. They're going to throw a flag on Ronnie Harrison. The refs come out and say, penalty, 15-yard, unsportsmanlike conduct, Kansas City bench. And I'm like, oh, shit, finally, the NFL got it right. Then they go to New York. They go to the pros. And they basically, in my opinion, said, we cannot let a player put his hands on a coach. We need to make an example out of Ronnie Harrison. Kick him out of the game. Next thing you know, the refs come out and say, we're we're picking up that flag. And we are ejecting Ronnie Harrison. Yeah. I was so fucking mad because that was such a bad call by the refs, by New York, by whoever's running the NFL. Um and I heard another guy, I listened to a lot of local talk this week, because obviously it's, you know, the Brown season's in full effect. I love to hear as much as I can. And one of them says, the NFL was kind of in a tight spot there, because if anything, should have just been offsetting penalties. That's it. Because if you throw out Ronnie Harrison, you're doing away with one of the Browns players. That's a huge loss. If you eject Greg Lewis, who gives a fuck? The Chiefs don't care. They'll yeah. be fine. They, yeah. they will be completely fine without him. That means nothing. Doesn't it affect the game one iota? Right. Losing Ronnie Harrison is a huge blow to a team. That's your starting safety. One of your you're only allowed 22 starters. He's one of our 22, and they they ejected him within yep. five plays. Yep. So he basically said they should have just made them offsetting penalties, warning to each one, you know, teams whatever you want to do, and then let the NFL find these guys. That's it. Let them do their job later. Kicking him out of the game was the most egregious thing they could have done. It was very just for just not too, for not even an aggressive push. It's not like he it punched was a him. one hand push to the guy who had just got done pushing him first. Yeah. So I get it. You can't retaliate. I understand. You shouldn't put hands on a coach, but a coach shouldn't put hands on a player if we learned anything from Trent Dilfer, which apparently we didn't because nothing happened to Trent Dilfer either. Right. So apparently coaches can assault players. So here, as it stands right now, if I'm Kevin Stefanski, I am hiring 10 more coaches tomorrow with bullshit titles. <laughs> Their sole job is to just start shit, push do whatever you have to to the opposing players, the good ones. Let's get some good ones kicked out right? just to get them ejected. <laughs> and that's it because apparently nothing happens to coaches touching players in the NFL. So if I am the Browns, that would be am, funny to see some I bench coaching every fucking player that comes near my team's bench. I'll never forget when Mike Tomlin tried to trip. Oh, uh, on the sideline there, yeah. Who was it, Jacoby Jones or no? From the Ravens, right? Yeah, whoever they're one of their returners. Where he like was stopped down his foot. Yeah, he, yeah, he pretended like he was looking up at the scoreboard and stood in the way and like stuck his foot out. Such a cool move. He got caught for it immediately. I mean, it was so fucking. Tried to be obvious. all slick about it. I mean, but, good, good, I mean, good thing there's no cameras watching. But yeah, if it was if it was 2021, I think Tomlin would have gotten away with it. I think if anything, they would have called a flag on the Ravens and maybe a. How dare you <laughs> step so close to his foot yeah. on the sideline? So fuck it. If I'm Stefanski, that's what I'm doing. I'm hiring coaching uh, extra coaches right now just to assault players. Just go out there and smack Tyler. Because the NFL Tarot has Taylor. yet to make an example. All they said was Ronnie Harrison won't be further punished. Is all they said. They haven't, as to my knowledge. They haven't find Greg Lewis. They haven't spoken with well, him. They probably they realized made, after this was done that it was it. probably a little bit too far. Hundred percent. I mean, I think they they know they fucked up, but come out and apologize. Like that's such a bad. Like it's just not the NFL. It's that Browns luck. It's just week one with the oh, Browns. Yeah, of course, we, we always find new ways to do something that you've never seen before. We don't. Were we in eighteen years now that we haven't won? Eighteen straight. Yeah. 
So you have, I mean, just let's just at least get few. to twenty, and then we've we had, can win. We've had hail marys. We've had the Dwayne Rudd helmet incident. We had a tie against the Steelers a few years ago. We uh, we now have the Ronnie Harrison ejection, which was completely bullshit. Just so many stupid things happen to the Browns Week One. It's fucking crazy to me. But what can you do? So yeah, I, I mean, I'm smile sure smile and take it. It's I'm all we sure ever do. I'm sure you share my same thoughts on the Ronnie Harrison situation. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it was bullshit when, well, when it first happened, I, I didn't see the whole thing. I think I was getting, I think wings or a beer or whatever. And I didn't see the first half. I just saw him pushing someone yeah. and going, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you doing that to a coach? And then when I go to the replay back and you see the coach coming over and pushing him off, first I'm, thing like, I said, I'm like, fuck oh, that. Shit, he touched him first. Yeah. I'm like that. Okay. Call. And then when they called it, I started clapping. I'm like, thank you. And I was excited. No, when they, when they reversed, I was like, this is fucking bullshit. Like I've never seen a player. When was the last time you saw a player get ejected from a game? Um, I mean it happens every once in a while. But I mean it's been a while, and it's for real I mean, crazy my head, shit. Yeah, but it's usually for like like real crazy up stuff. Yeah, player like bad. Like that. Taking your helmet off, swinging yeah. your helmet. I yeah, mean, we know that's not good to happen. You know, but yeah, but stuff like that. It's just insane to me. Right. But you yeah, know, I'm I'm pissed off. So I hope uh, I, I hope was that... very irritated by that. I mean. At the end of the day, there's really nothing you can do, and that's what sucks. Yeah. The Browns can't do anything. What are they going to do? Complain to the NFL, and the NFL can go, "We're sorry." Like that's a, that's the best. So you're I'm sure. Get. I'm sure there's he'll nothing. make the a highlight reel when they do a new rule in the off season, like Jarvis did with the yeah. taunting penalty. That's exactly so, what's going to happen. It's like they'll, Cleveland they'll, just poster children, children for all the new NFL rules anymore. Now the NFL will have a rule against coaches and touching, and like they'll have an actual implemented rule if a, a touching coach if a coach makes a contact with a player on the opposing team in like a physical way, then, you know, they're, they're ejected. They're going to have new rules for it, but too little, too late. It costs the Browns yeah, majorly. Um, other than that though. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with the Browns moving forward. Very concerned about Jedrick Wills. Um, He's got his ankle. Nothing serious though, right? We don't know. I mean, you know, Kevin Stefanski's very coy. Yeah, I know. So, to me, they're playing I mean, when, it out. When he tweeted out at the like when the game was still going on, we're all good. Yeah. I, I assume that this meant that they came back negative. Right, it did. I mean, as of right now, Kevin Stefanski's only calling him day to day. They're they're acting like it's very minor. They even said, "Is he okay to play this Sunday?" And he I said, mean, we're going to go sit day him by out day. the next two weeks. I don't care. You're playing Chicago and and well, Chicago. I want him out there because Cleo Max, no fucking joke. So. Cleo Max on the other side though. He could he could go to whatever oh, that's right. side he, does. he wants. He does switch over. That's right. Yeah. I want I want Jetrick Wills out there for Khalil Mack if if I have to choose. But yeah, this Sunday I, I could care less. I would, yeah. My big thing is not even just looking at the opponent. I'm more so looking at Jedrick Wills has had injury history since he's came into the league. Right. I'm not used to that. I've had Joe Thomas before, where <laughs> the guy didn't. He was a fucking Iron Man. He never missed a snap. So Jedrick right. Wills, I I need to see him stay healthy. Uh, so I'm I'm a little worried about that because again, usually don't you don't get carted off for minor things. I just, I just honestly, my words when it happens, like that dude's just a big dude, and they're afraid of him walking on it. It's just gonna re-injure. Well, my, yeah, my worry was he. If you look at the play, he it was non-contact. It looked like he yeah. was just running for a block. And, and it, it looked dropped. like his foot like got stuck, and he so twisted for me, coming I, my down. first fear was that's an Achilles. His Achilles blew out. Yeah, yeah. And then he, and then I'm like, all right, they're working on him. Maybe he'll be okay. And, and I then saw he gets him, in the cart. I, he got up. Yeah, walked. I'm like, okay. Yeah. But I've also seen Sam Bradford walk off the field with a torn ACL. Yeah, that's true. So even then, I've seen guys walk. Doesn't doesn't make me feel any better. Getting in the cart really didn't make me feel good. And then here we are. It's Wednesday. Obviously, if he doesn't practice by Friday, that's not a good sign. He's probably not going to be playing. Yeah. But Stefanski did just say day to day. So take that with a grain of salt. Whatever that means. Day-to-day. I would Could assume if it was weeks. worse, it'd be it'd be announced. But I don't know. You would hope. Um, but yeah, so we'll see what happens. But again, it's just something that it sucks because it's week one. Yeah. Could be something that maybe he does play week two or three, and he plays the rest of the season. But there's a nagging injury now. 
so he's playing at 75%, and that's going to hurt us. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, Hubbard didn't do so well coming in for him. No, I mean, I mean that's another thing. When Hubbard came in, that's a lot of people didn't really take that into consideration. We had, we scored a touchdown on that play that Jedrick Wills got hurt. Then Chris Hubbard came in, and then the offense kind of stalled a little bit after that. So I'm not blaming Chris Hubbard in the slightest bit. I mean, you, yeah. you, he's next man up. He's a bench man but for But he a allows reason. pressure a little quicker exactly. than Exactly, but Baker Jedrick has to adjust does, yeah. to that. It's, it's a whole thing. The whole team has to now adjust their routes, adjust the timing. It, it changes everything. It's a very, very big domino effect. So so that's something a little scary to come out. Other than that, we came out relatively healthy. Um, look, look good. What are you going to do? You move forward. You just played the best team in football, arguably. So That, that run by... Um... Uh, Jarvis, when he like spun and, spun and spun and spun, I'm like, God, he just wouldn't give up. Fourth down, man. I think Baker even said that's a grown man run or something. Someone he just, said that. I forgot d- yeah, him, it but... was him. His grown man run. It was he just wouldn't stop. I'm like, yeah. this guy's not going down. No, he wanted that touchdown. That's that's what I he was, does. And he barely broke the the, the line just yeah. enough. But hey, touchdowns, touchdown. Absolutely. Either I way, was... it gave us a new set of downs, so we were gonna have first and one. From right, the, but he's from like, fuck it, I'm just going for the whole thing. Right, I'm okay with that. But yeah, I mean, Chubb was somebody was gonna score after that. But, yeah, but yeah, I'll take it. So. That, that week's done. Like Kevin Stefanski says, we move on. We move on to Houston. Some keys to the game for Houston that we kind of got into. Uh, take them serious. That's my number one rule or my number one key to the game. Uh, don't sleep on this team. I'm not saying as like, oh, I bet they're a surprise playoff team. I just mean that they're a team of savvy veterans. I think that's a team that could surprise us a little bit on offense. Uh, we had zero takeaways against Kansas City. That's not good. We had a couple chances, though. We did. We had a few. Um, there were a damn hands. We had zero turnovers, which is okay. You can get by with that, but you just can't turn it over yourself. So we lost the turnover battle. Technically, two to nothing, the interception and the fumble by Chubb. But the dropped punt by Jamie Gillum was a turnover on downs, obviously, in the, in the red zone. So that's basic. To me, that's a turnover. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's not going to get credited as that because he didn't fumble. Technically, he picked it up and got tackled. And then another thing, too, I want to... I'm going to come on here on this show, and I'm going to defend Jamie Gillum a little bit. So he <laughs> Is anybody really bashing him? I mean, Oh, my God. There are people on, on the radio this I mean, week. I guess I've heard a little bit, but at the same time, oh, I know. They're saying cut him. He's, a, he's, oh a, what's, he's an idiot. Like, well, how do you fuck that up? Like, I mean, just my two cents for getting into yours. I mean, I, my only thing is just that I, I didn't think it was that serious. I mean, he's been amazing for us. He's yeah. one of the best punters in the league, I think. Yeah. His strength of kicking is amazing. He puts us in better positions yep. than he puts us in bad positions. So I honestly didn't think, but I haven't heard the, the negative. So please oh, yeah, tell me are, more. There are people that are coming out, and, you know, everybody wants to play – uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, Monday, arm, armchair quarterback. Uh, Monday, qu- Monday, yeah. Monday morning quarterback. So yeah. everyone's looking at it going, why didn't he pick that up and kick it? He's yeah. a rugby player. You, you fumble that ball. You pick it up and kick it because you, he looked down at the ball to pick it up to make sure he had it secure. You can't see the field. The NFL moves so fast. He didn't have time to look up and go, Oh yeah, I could kick this. You don't have that much time to assess the situation. His, his he's taught. If you drop a punt like that, you move. You just try to run. That's all you can do. Everyone's yelling. And then even after the game, even Stefanski was like, yeah, after looking at it, you know, he could have kicked it. Could have, would have, should have. It's easier to say that in, the, in hindsight than it is to be in the moment. Jamie Gillum drops the ball. I- immediate panic must be going through his brain of, oh, fuck. So his main concern is secure the ball. He does. He picks it up. Head down. He runs. That's what he did. I, obviously, when you look back at the replay, yes, he probably could have kicked it. At least give me 20 yards out of it. Sure. But I'm not going to hold that against him. That's yeah. something that that's such a such a tough thing to just say. Oh, he should have just been able to do that. Well, at the same time, he should have just caught it and kicked it, but he yeah. didn't. So you know, the whole play was fucked from the beginning. But the fans that called and said, and are tweeting and saying he's a fucking bum and he they should cut him and blah blah blah. Like, sure, if he does that again this Sunday, then you're, it's a problem. 
but it happened once in his career. He's been here, well, that's this is fourth year, third year with us? Three or four, yeah. He's never had a problem like that. Never. Never Does once. Does it one time, and it's, because again, fans, and I'm not putting this on my agenda, I don't want anybody to look at it that way, fans don't want to put any, put any of this blame on Baker. The loss was on Chubb, and the loss was on Jamie Gillum, and it was on Stefanski, and it was on Joe Woods. It was not on that interception with Baker when we were down by four or five with the ball midfield. He threw I love when you preface you're not going to throw Bacon under the bus. Just, but no, no, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm just I get saying it. That everyone wants to blame everything else. Well, no, no people look at the big plays up. like that and just assume that's where the turning points were, you know? Right. And, and oh but my it really God. It wasn't because, again, the we ch- fumbled the and we boom. And yeah, we. And we, then that's it. And then I mean, that up, play, the Gillum play was, I mean, it did suck because that gave him the lead, you know? So that gave him the lead, but at the same time, who, if anything, that kind of helped because think of it this way. Let's say he gets that punt off. They drive down oh, the yeah, field and kill score. The clock more, yeah. We had two, a little over two minutes to go to try to win the game. If that doesn't happen, obviously there were there was another drive by Kansas City where we got the sack on Mahomes yeah, to yeah. stop them. But even then, you're just assuming everything would have happened the way it did, yeah, which, which right. isn't the case. If sure. Gillum gets that punt off, excuse me, let's assume another two minutes or so gets killed off the clock and KC drives down and scores a touchdown. Now when we get the ball back to win the game, we have maybe 30 seconds. Yeah. So, again, to try to pinpoint that key shit like that is almost as if, like, you're you're a basketball team and a guy misses a layup in the second quarter. You end up losing the game by a, a game-winning shot in the last minute. Are you going to look back and go, it was a fucking layup that he missed that cost the game? Well, we've that all never done that. Happens. We've all done that, though. Even, it's I mean, like, I think little plays like that are so easily forgotten in other yeah, sports that I you know. don't even think about it. But so it's, it's, like, ch- it's like a childhood backyard thing or, you know, whatever. It's like, oh, that one free throw you missed. Yeah, like, motherfucker, if we lose, it, it's your fault if we, miss, right. we lose this game. It has nothing to do with the other 50 <laughs> missed shots sure, the team took. Sure. It was that free throw. So it's just the same thing. Um, I think fans were overreacting, and they're just trying to find somebody to blame. I think... I'm not obviously putting them on the same pedestal by any stretch of the imagination, but I think the Browns, I won't say they overachieved, but I think they stunned some people by what they did on Sunday. That's nobody was expecting them to come out and get that lead. Nobody was I guarantee that. Kansas city is kind of like Jesus. You yeah. know, they were put on their heels quickly. Right. So it took us what eight plays right down the field. It took us. Yeah, we scored. It I think we took six and then minutes we went off for the two because of the penalty. So yeah, we were up. We were up eight to nothing. The, the balls first. on Stefanski, I mean, man. I love actually, it. Actually, no, the, the first drive, I'm not mistaken. We, I think Kansas City and Cleveland both only had one drive in the first quarter. Yeah, to- to- total. So we ate up almost half the clock on that first drive. Yeah, well, we did. We t- we took it down to like eight minutes, I believe, yeah, it took or up seven. Almost minutes. half the quarter. So but we but when we we went for we went for it on fourth down in that drive, yep. the first drive, which yep. was great. And then we scored the touchdown. And we were about we, to kick the extra point. And there then was the a, penalty. Yep. And then Savant's like, "Fuck it, let's go for yeah, two. Encroachment penalty on Kansas City. So we went for two, and boom, yeah. just like that, we're up eight nothing. So. I loved everything about Sunday, to be honest. I thought it was a very well-coached game, and this is just me continuing everything I've said every time I talk about the Browns. I think that's just the kind of team that we are. This is We played almost our best football, and that got us right up to Kansas City almost, but they were just a little bit better, and I've been saying that all along. We need to take that next step to be better than Kansas City. I, we obviously didn't do it on Sunday. Hopefully, if we see them again, we do. But that just shows you how close we are with them, but just how a little bit ahead of us they, they and really maybe are. And maybe as we play the season, we get we gel better and we Ex- come together exactly, as a team. Yeah, I'm not, and by the time we, we get to the end of the year, not the final product. Oh, no. So, by the time we get to them at the end of the year, then we'll have a different product in the field yep. and mentality, I think. And so will they. And I look yeah. forward to hopefully playing them hope, again in the playoffs. I hope they're so, all injured, actually. But it's We'll okay. see what happens. Um, but yeah, week two. But so, yeah, so week two, the Texans, again, you're playing a savvy veteran team. You are playing... Um, a team that people are looking down on. I think they are a looked-over team. 
team. They're a team that when you see them on your schedule, you just kind of go, nah, whatever. We could, we're going to beat those guys. Who gives a fuck? Um, but uh, I think the Browns should win easily, though. I'm really not going to get too much well, into it. They're a 12 it, and a half point favorite right now. Yeah, I think realistically, we're just going to pound the ball. Uh, Stefanski's going to control the clock. We're at home. Uh, I think the crowd's going to be into it. Uh, again, turnovers are, are my main thing. I want to see the. I'm pretty much primarily going to be watching the defense. I want to see that defense get better every week. I want to see. I want to see a sack or two at least for Miles Garrett. I want to see tons of pressure from the defensive line. I want to see our linebackers cover better because we're playing much lesser talent than we did against Kansas City. I want to see some of the rookies contribute more. One thing about rookies, speaking of, uh, Greg Newsom, the best thing for a corner in football, you don't hear their name. Greg Newsom covered Mecole Hardman most of the game. You didn't hear him. You didn't, I don't, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of any catches. He graded, he actually graded really well, too. Yeah, he had a great game because that's the number one thing for a corner. <clears throat> it's like the basically to look at it is Daryl Rivas. Daryl Rivas was one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. There was a time, eventually, quarterbacks just stopped throwing his direction because you knew you were not getting that playoff. The completion percentage by a guy covered by Darrell Rivas was fucking insane. Yeah. He shut down Hall of Famers, the greatest wide receivers we've ever seen, with ease. So eventually, you just it's called Rivas Island. You didn't have to worry about anybody over there. You just didn't throw the ball. Yeah. And not comparing Greg Newsom to Darrell Rivas. It's right. just I'm, The comparison is just when you don't hear their name because the quarterback's not even going to fucking attempt to throw it over there, that's a good sign. Right. That's respect. That that means that they, they understand your abilities, and you're doing a really good job by not letting your guy get open. So kudos to Greg Newsom. I mean, for me, he's my defensive stud on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, honestly, just not saying anything from a war, away from Ward. I mean, you're I mean, Ward was great, too. And again, that, that one, the Denzel one play, Ward's going against Tyreek Hill, that, who's the fastest player in football. Denzel I, Ward is, is fast, but he's nowhere near Tyreek Hill. But that one play where he caught up with him yeah. or ran across the field to and block that, that ball out, out yeah. I'm like, Jesus, that that's that our number play. one right there. So, I mean, both of them did great. I'm not knocking yeah. Denzel Ward. I just yeah, mean, yeah. for a rookie debut... I, I'm, I'm excited. City. I'm like, glad we was, have him. That was awesome. I'm, I'm glad excited we have to see him, him grow. Um, so that was great. But again, I want to see some turnovers, or I want to see, I want to see the defense step up a little bit. I don't want to see the bend but don't break defense. I want to see us either shutting them down, some three and outs. You know, a lot of punting on Sunday. If we can't turn the ball over or make them turn the ball over, I want to see them punt a lot. Just little things like that. That's kind of what I'm looking for. Offensively, I'm not really worried about anything. Especially against the Texans, their defense doesn't scare me in the slightest bit. So I'm not worried about, again, like we said earlier, if um, Jedrick Wills can't play, it is what it is. I don't think it's going to really affect us too much. I think Chris Hubbard will be fine. Although I'm a little worried about the health of our, our offensive line because I don't know if you saw the injury report today. Mm. So Wills did not practice. J.C. Treader did not practice. Oh, they were on Jack, the bikes. Yeah, Jack I, I Conklin heard. did not practice. And Chris Hubbard did not practice. They were on bikes. No, they weren't actually. <laughs> Two of them were. Yeah. So a couple guys weren't even on the field. So Wills obviously was one of them, but but Treader and Conklin I think were on the field. Hubbard was not, so that yeah. kind of was like, well, what's this injury? Because he's our backup. So yeah. who the fuck's gonna play left tackle now for on our third? We guy? don't need we don't need left tackle. But I, I mean, yeah, if the playoffs showed us anything against the Steelers, just bring up somebody else. Anybody could play it. Yeah. But I'm worried about Baker's blind side. That's yeah. your number one uh, position on the line. But other than that, I'm not too worried about the Texans. Like I said, I think the offense will be fine. We're gonna pound the ball. I think we're gonna have really good games out of Chubb and Hunt. And our play action is going to confuse them because they're not a good team. So I'm not worried about the offense at all. I think we'll win this game pretty handedly. Yeah. Not I, to spoil our picks for later, but I think yeah. it's, this one's a So kind you're of saying a, you're taking Cleveland? I'm thinking about oh, it. Think, <laughs> yeah. think about it some more. I'm going to have to sleep on it. Yeah, it's, it's a hard choice. 
Um, it's, I think my, my keys to this is keep everything in front of you. And a defensive thing is, you know, don't let him to get that one pass over you or let, don't let Tarad get that bomb on you. Like he did last week against uh, Jacksonville. Um, but I think I want to see, I want to see the linebackers, like you mentioned earlier, I want to see them step up and do something. I want to see them. I mean, Mac Wilson, I don't know what the hell's going on with him. I mean, he not so good last week, you know? Correct. I agree. He, uh, he, he. My biggest thing was Patrick Mahomes had that rushing touchdown. This play sticks out to me because I re I rewound it and yeah. went back and like re reassessed it. Just a horrible decision by him. Yeah. I mean, you got Mahomes running at you, the quarterback. He's getting positive yardage. Your job is to contain him. I understand it's easier said than done from a guy sitting sure. at home, but my big thing was uh, where he was. You force Patrick Mahomes to the outside. You use the sideline as your friend. The sideline should be treated as a as an extra defender. Always should be. That's how football works. Instead, he went to the outside, gave Patrick Mahomes the inside, yep. and he walked into the fucking end zone. Yep. So horrible decision by Mac. I think Jones, he was afraid to get tweeted by his Mac mom Wilson, again. I mean, you know, he didn't want to get tweeted that's what I'm for hurting him I mean, or something. I, I I really want to like Mac Wilson. I think he for being a fourth or fifth round pick, whatever he is. Yeah. I think he's a good player. I think I, Nick Saban was very blunt about it. Nick Saban said he needed another year in college. Said he's he wasn't ready to come out. He he was not behind him leaving early. He did anyway. It cost him a couple rounds. Maybe if he stays, he's a second-round pick, give or take. But uh, at this juncture, he's now in his third year, if I'm not mistaken, in the NFL. And I haven't seen much. So that that excuse is dead to me. At this point, if you can't get better and adjust at the highest level, then it wasn't going to happen to begin with. So if anything, I'm happy that he didn't stay in college because then maybe we would have drafted him in the second round and wasted an earlier pick on him. And on a team that needs that standout linebacker, you you need to be that guy. Yeah. Um, but I want to see our linebackers do something. JOK, I want to see him out there more. I want to see him play more snaps this week. Yeah. I want to see Mac Wilson step up. I, I want to see that middle of the field kind of locked down a little bit. My main thing that I took away from the lack of the rookies in the interior or like on the linebackers and stuff with JOK mainly, I don't even think I don't think Tony Fields is even active. He's still kind of banged up, so I don't even right. think he played. But I think the main reason you didn't see JOK play a ton was more so because we're playing the Chiefs. So Kevin Stefanski or whoever Whoever makes the the assignments and who the personnel decisions on defense, I think they kind of looked at it and went, "I want veterans out there because these young guys are going to get picked apart." That's yeah. what that's what they're going to attack them. Good offenses or good quarterbacks, whatever they exploit rookies, which again that's a huge testament to Greg Newsom. But I think with JOK, that would have been him getting just destroyed by Travis Kelsey most of the day by running backs, etc. They were going to pick apart these rookies, so we went with the veterans. We went with. Um, Anthony Walker, Malcolm uh, Smith played a ton. Uh, Mac Wilson played a ton, unfortunately. Yeah. But like, we you just got to go with the older veterans and hope for the best. And obviously, wasn't enough. Yeah, I think uh, like you're, to your point, when they brought in that safety backup when uh, Harrison went out, the first throw, the next play was and they went right at him. Right at him. Yep. You know, they want to test and see and see what happens. That's just the, that's the oldest thing in football. When you have the young guy, you go pick for him. That's go what for you do. him. Um, but that's my defensive. It's just it's just be smart, lock the middle of the field down. I want to see something out of these younger people. Yeah. On offense, I like to your point, our running game is going to be amazing. I want to see Baker share the wealth. I want to see every receiver get involved. You know, um, Peoples Jones. I want to see everything just get a get some. He only had one target last week. Um, yeah. Najoku, I want to bring this up too. Is 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 he that? Is he making that big of strides in the last? You know, whatever. I mean, he's made some great catches last week. I mean, he came down that that gigantic bomb by Baker and brought it down. He's always been that good. It's just he can't stay healthy. That's yeah. his biggest thing. He's always been in great shape. He's a freak of nature athletically. Yeah. He he has the potential to be a top tight end in football. Yeah. 
He just can't put it all together. Yeah. He he's not the greatest blocker. Mm. And there's obviously always room for improvement there. But his other thing is just really just injury. He can't stay healthy. Yeah, it was nice to see him come down and do that. It was nice to see Hooper get involved a lot too. Yeah, Hooper was was a the main target in the first drive. Catching those balls. I mean, catching I mean, I'm glad those two too. were up. It seemed like they're on the same page yeah. finally with And things. a lot of people forget too, because there were so many other things that happened in the playoff game against the Chiefs. Hooper had huge catches. I'll never forget the fourth down catch he had against them, where he dove basically like one handed it. Like Hooper has huge catches that kind of go under the radar from people. Right. Because but, he's not George Kittle, because right. he's not catching you know, two touchdowns a week, mm-hmm. but he's making huge catches. He has great hands. Him and Baker, I think, have good good camaraderie. So, for me, the offense is fine. I'm not worried about it at all. The defense, I just need to see more, see a little more. I agree. And I think, I think I, this is a good team to let that kind of come together. Yeah, and I think you're going to see. I'm going to say it right. I'm going to call at least one or two. Um, call them trick plays, maybe. Um, you might see a couple things they play around with in this game too, just to kind of see if they can get away with it. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I'm excited for that. But you know, I, I think, well, not to spoil it, like you said earlier, but I think Cleveland takes it pretty easily. Yeah, without a doubt. So uh, with that being said, we'll go quickly with another surprise loss because we went really long on that, but that's okay because I like to recap. Uh, Ohio State, quick little, <laughs> quick little college football. We don't talk about it a lot on here because me personally, I like Ohio State, but I'm not a diehard fan. So for me, if we wanted to go over college football, it would take forever. I'm not. I'm not going to waste most of the show on college football. But uh, Ohio State with a huge home loss to Oregon, first time in their nine or ten meetings that Ohio State's ever lost to Oregon. Um, they were just out outplayed. They lost to a team that had two of their best defensive players yeah. out too. Which, even with that being said, Thibodeau on the defensive line for Oregon, I think, is extremely overrated. I think he's very undersized, and I think at the NFL level, he will not be good. He reminds me of Deion Jordan, a former Oregon Duck who was drafted high by the Miami Dolphins and went on to get tossed around the NFL until he's right now, I think, still unemployed because he's just a little undersized. In the NFL, you need speed and strength. You can't just get away with being a skinny, fast defensive end. That's great in college. Um, but obviously he didn't play, so I got nothing to break down about him. That's just my personal. No, I get it. I'm just saying that 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 you just beat a team that got beat by a team that still didn't have their two, but their two best players in the field. Realistically on offense, Ohio state wasn't that bad. I I didn't like the the play calling, uh, when they actually tried to do stuff, it was fine. I mean, CJ Stroud threw for like 500 yards. Yeah. Like we really didn't have a problem throwing the ball. It was our defense just could not stop them when we needed a couple stops to, to get the ball back. They couldn't do it. We couldn't stop the run. Uh, Oregon, there was a couple times they ran the same exact play and scored yeah. multiple touchdowns on that same exact play. It's almost play. like they were doing it as a joke. Like, we're going so to run this again. Kerry Coombs, or Combs, however you say his name, it's C-O-O-M-B-S. Um, he's on thin ice, and it's funny because I talked about that with people. I think I even told you. I said, Kerry yeah. Coombs is on thin ice. Like, they got to be thinking about that. Two days later, lo and behold, Ryan Day holds a press conference and basically says, we're going to be reassessing our, our, our coaching staff right now. We're going to really be taking a look at things because – and I said I tweeted the exact same thing. I think I said verbatim after the game. I said, Kerry Coombs or Combs has to be on the hot seat right now. Like, yeah. He should probably be fired. And then I doubled up on that and I said, and this is not an overreaction to one week. This is just Ohio State's defense overall has been very bad for two years now. And we're yeah. one of the best recruiting teams in in all of college football. There's no excuse for that. Yeah. You're getting talent. Why aren't these guys playing well? And then two days later. Uh, uh, Ryan Day goes out and says, "We're going to take a look at everything because this isn't just one game. Yeah, this it was is our, our continuous. It was almost like he last... read my fucking yeah, tweet. Yeah. He's like, this is this is this has been happening for more than a season. Like we have to reassess some things, and that's when I was like, but right. I'm surprised they haven't fired them. I'm wondering if they're using this next like one game or two games. Well, to... a lot of people, because right after Ryan Day did it again, I'll, I'll revert back to me listening to sports talk locally here, 
And they said the same thing right away. They're like, we're only in week two, and you're already thinking about reassessing because you're mad about last season. They're like, why didn't you fire him in the offseason? Sure. And people were like, that's a good point. Like, if you're going to... If, if there's a guy that's even considered being on the hot seat or fired because you don't like what's happening, why even bring him back? Because the defense didn't look that good against Minnesota week one, uh, for the first half at least. And then against Oregon, it was pathetic. I mean, again, they ran the same play like you were playing Madden multiple times. And it was successful every fucking time. It's like the epic talk shit moments. Like, I'm going to run this play. Yeah. I'm going to throw this pitch at like, you sure, and try I'm to sure hit it. you've played a buddy once or twice in your life on Madden where you go... I'm going to keep running this play because he can't stop. Yeah. And you just run the same fucking You exploit fucking the weakness, yeah. Every single time until the guy's head fucking explodes. But you do that, and that never happens in real football unless you're like Alabama against fucking Kent State. But in <clears throat> two top ten teams going up against each other, maybe Oregon is, what, 11th or whatever they were ranked? Yeah. Were they ninth? Uh, they were ninth, I believe. So, yeah, yeah. so two top ten teams. And they run that same exact play, and it works every time. Yeah. Just goes to show me that there's some issues on the defensive side of the ball in Ohio State. Um, so yeah, big upset. Ohio state lost at home. Do I think it cost them a championship or, or the playoffs? No playoffs. Not, well, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, honestly, really depends on the wins for the rest of the season for Ohio state. I think if they, if they show dominance after this week, again, yeah. they don't really have any, the number one thing for them, I think our toughest games coming up for the rest of the year are well, Penn, Penn state really is the toughest one. Penn state. And I, do we play Iowa this year? I don't no. have to look the schedule. Okay, because no. they would be another one you have to worry. Because I had some friends texting me and they were like, "Who, you know, what are what's Ohio State's schedule like the rest of the year?" And I'm like, "Really, our toughest <clears> game is going to be Penn State." Like, just looking at it right now. Yeah, and I mean that's that's fine for us looking now at the schedule, seeing who's in top ten or top fifteen, I mean, whatever. Yeah, but that could any change. team we play yeah. could throw us off, you know. Right. And let's not forget we play Michigan at the end of the year. Yep. I'm not saying Michigan's a horrible team, but Michigan's two and zero. Yeah, you never know. Um, and never and say they, never. they could have got their their win underneath them too. So who knows? It's going to be an interesting. I forgot his weeks. name off the top of my head, but yeah, Michigan's got a defensive end that uh, arguably one of the best players in college football. Yeah. So they have some talent out there. So Ohio State really needs to figure this shit out yeah. um, and quickly. But yeah, so that's a quick little NCAA talk. We don't do that often here, but I figured Ohio State losing to Oregon in week two it's a big deal. is a big deal. So yeah, it needed to be addressed. So we'll get into, I promise, a little baseball talk. Oh yeah, let's go to the playoff picture. So we have, I'm looking at the wild card right now. What has changed? What has stayed the same? So as we left off last week, Tampa Bay had a commanding lead in the East. They still do. Eight games up over the second place Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, the Central Chicago White Sox have a 12-and-a-half lead over the Cleveland Indians. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's <laughs> quick round of applause for the Cleveland Indians. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Major League Baseball record. Most times getting no hit. <laughs> how, how do we not lead off with this? You know, in order because it's so pathetic. I forgot. They about almost it. got not no hit this next well, game. Well, the fucked up thing is all right. So, le- so technically in the record books, it's three. The Indians have been no-hit three times in one season. Never happened before in baseball. Has, a team, been, has a team been, been no-hit three times? So kudos to them. Technically, it's four because they were no-hit in game one of a doubleheader. Yeah. But if just because you only play seven Can't innings now in a doubleheader, they're Can't not count counting it. it. That's a full game. We were no-hit. I don't give a fuck if it's seven innings or nine innings. Major League <laughs> Baseball declared seven innings, is a, if that's good enough for them to make that a full game, then it should be good enough for the statistics, in my opinion. Give us that fourth. Yeah. I want this record to be fucking untouchable. <laughs> I want it to never go away. It's like the 0-16 for the Browns. What a way to end you the era of this. the Indians before Seriously. we go into the Guardians. Like, I heard about that on the radio today. They were like, there was a, a radio st- channel doing, like, a giveaway. And they're like, hey, call in tonight, and you can win tickets for the last Cleveland Indians homestand of the year. And obviously, their last homestand ever is the Indians because they're ch- changing to the Guardians. And I'm like, 
man, you know what? I never even thought of that. Like, maybe I should try to go to a game this weekend and just see the, the Indian sign for one last time. And I'm like, nah, fuck them. Like, I, I went, I went you, to the You game. at least went to a game. I, I haven't went, gone to a game this year. I went year. to the game against Boston a few weeks ago just because uh, Tara's siblings were like, let's all go to an Indians game. And I'm like, whatever, let's go. Well, you made it worth your while, you were worth your while though, at least. You yeah. knocked it back a couple cold ones. So. I got I got very drunk. Um, <laughs> it was dollar beer night, so my goal wasn't even to watch good baseball. It was to see how many dollar beers I could drink before first pitch. And what was the record? What'd you get? I got seven. Seven. Seven hey, done. Hey, that's a, that's a congratulations right there. Give it up for So yeah, I drank seven beers from 5.30 gates till the 7 o'clock first pitch. That is impressive. Hour and a half, seven beers. And then I kept going after that's that, obviously. Pace. I got nice and drunk that night. But uh, And it was dollar dog night, so I had very bad diarrhea the next day. But oh, what are you going to do? Poor toilet and the next day was the browns party at the house so i did a oh, lot yeah. of drinking that week that's a, that a heavy that weekend a heavy weekend for me you were very sober on browns party night so it's okay i was actually because it was so fucking hot i sweated all out of yeah it's true i have to say we drank, i didn't even feel that drunk compared we drank to the a lot of party we, well, we drank a lot of bush lattes because you brought a 30 pack i brought a 30 pack i ended up driving home that's how sober i was yeah. actually that night we did a few shotguns with other people so let's just say we gave out 10 beers total so 60 beers between the two of us I went out there the next day to clean. I think there, I think there were two bush lights in the front of the oh, yeah. left. Like yeah. they were all gone. Yeah, we drank I mean, a lot. We pretty. I I think I didn't have a beer in my hand, not in my hand all night. Yeah, and I, I had was, mine in the Yeti, so they were cold. And I was definitely doing a lot of shotguns that night. Every yeah. time I won a game of cornhole, I'd shotgun a beer. Yeah, I was always shotgun because <laughs> it was so fucking hot too. Like that cold beer felt good. Oh, and that that bush bush latte was uh, the chef's kiss of uh, beer that night. So yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a uh, congratulations to the Indians for setting a major league record. Uh, they're still still a couple of weeks left, so you never know. Maybe they do get that official fourth that they want to get. I feel like we technical. need a, a noise thing where we just boo, you know, like a little boo thing. It's not even worth it. <laughs> um, in the West, the Houston Astros have all but locked up the West. They have a six and a half lead game lead over the Seattle Mariners. Um, in the West or National League, I mean. <laughs> We go to the Atlanta Braves holding a, a, a good lead over the Phillies. I really thought that would be a little tighter. Four-and-a-half game lead for the Braves. Uh, with Okuna being out for the season, I really thought the Braves were going to struggle a little bit, but they really didn't skip a beat. Is that a testament to them and their team, or is that more so the Phillies and Mets just aren't very good? Because, you know, the Marlins uh, and Nationals I'm going to go with the Phillies and the Mets not being very good. Well, I mean, I think the Mets are good. They they have potential to be good. They, just, they had a really – I know a lot about the Mets because of my friends. Right. I talk a lot of shit to them and everything, but I will give them credit – They've had injuries like the Indians, but they actually have talented guys getting hurt. Like, they missed Lindor for a lot of the season. Uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Jacob deGrom is arguably the best pitcher in baseball. He's missed most of the season because he's been injured. That's a huge loss. That dude was going to win the Cy Young by a fucking mile. He was about ready to set records of, like, unheard of ERAs and, and shit like that. So, and strikeouts, etc. So, I think the Mets have potential to be a very good team. I think in this offseason, it's going to be a big thing for them to... Find a couple more pieces. I, I get it. They have a loaded roster for the most part right now, but they do they do have some glaring holes. So I think the Mets could be a team to look out for in 2022. Um, one thing I got to say I, I'm a little weirded out by, and I know we've talked about it a little bit on the show here, but the, the fans that hate Francisco Lindor, I find it very weird. There are a lot of Cleveland fans that say they love seeing him struggle in New York and blah, blah, blah. To me, Francisco Lindor has been nothing but nice. He was nothing but great to the fans of Cleveland. I'll never yeah. forget the Cleveland All-Star game when they interviewed him live on the field. He kept saying, this is my home. I love it here. I would want nothing more than to be here forever. Like, I love it. He loves Cleveland. The Dolans don't pay people. It's easy for you as a fan to say, well, how much money do you need? When you're a pro athlete and you're getting offered hundreds of millions of dollars, it's really hard to say no to that. Right. I think any of us would do anything asked of us if somebody offered us a 300 something million dollar contract i think you're stupid if you try to pretend that you wouldn't because oh 
I'm an Indians fan, so Lindor should stay with the Indians for cheap. Fuck that. Right. Lindor's from Puerto Rico. He doesn't give a fuck about Cleveland in that a- aspect of, like, loving it his whole life and following it his whole life. He didn't know about... He probably didn't even know where Cleveland was on a map till we drafted him. Mm-hmm. And then he shows up, plays for the team, does everything what's, he what's can. What's the reason they're hating on him? They just like seeing him not oh, do I well. That's do so well. really yeah. all it is, because he didn't stay in Cleveland. Yeah. I that's mean, literally it. I think that's asinine. I mean, I think Lindor is just... I mean, I like Lindor. I, I like... I don't dislike Lindor. It was kind of fun for a little bit watching him not do so well right off the gates. You know, you, yeah. know, you go to that team and they pay all this money for you and now you're not doing so well. So we, I think we even talked about it before right, when baseball absolutely. started. Um, but I mean, I don't hate the guy. I mean, no, he's, I, he's one of the I best shortstops in the game. I want to see him succeed. I know he has struggled over the past couple of years. His stats haven't been yeah. as dominant when he's had... He went from having a couple MVP-like seasons to kind of a little above average kind of seasons, which... That's gonna happen, um, but yeah, I wish the guy nothing but the best. Sure. I mean, he plays in it. If he if he left us like when Jim Tomey left the Indians, and uh, where would he go first? He went Philly. to the Phillies. Yep. So yeah, it's like when Jim Tomey left, everyone was pissed because he didn't stay here for cheap. It's like that's just not how sports work, guys. Especially right. baseball, guys get paid. Loyalty, man. People money. want that loyalty. Just because other teams can keep their guys because they pay them, right? Doesn't mean every team's gonna be able to do that. The Indians were able to keep some guys. We we have. We kept Corey Kluber for a while, which was a, a huge keep for us. He won multiple Cy Youngs. We kept Jose Ramirez because he, he signed a cheap discount. If these guys had better agents and they actually went out and tested the free agent market, we'd never see them again. The only legitimate person I can say that I agree with people getting pissed off when he left was LeBron the first yeah. time. Oh, yeah, yeah, but that's, yeah. that's apples to oranges. I'm just, with, I know, I'm just saying, but, you but, when it, but when it comes so, to yeah. being angry at someone, yeah. I can understand but that anger. In hindsight, know? I even understand why he left the first time because the, the Cavs organization was doing him no favors to win a championship. They were pissing away the salary cap. They were wasting money on guys like Larry Hughes, just, just shitty guys. Oh, they Larry Hughes that. is great. What are you talking about? Exactly. They made those big trades to get Ben Wallace and Wally Zerbiak when they were in their 40s. (laughs) Like, they weren't doing LeBron any favors, so I can't really blame him for leaving because at the end of the day, call it what you want. You want to say Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time because he stayed in Chicago. They they drafted Scottie Pippen. I get it. Scottie Pippen uh, wasn't a free agent signing, but Scottie Pippen's one of the top 20 greatest basketball players of all time. That's that's kind of big. LeBron's never played with a top 20 basketball player in Cleveland, you know, when they— of all time, Kyrie Irving at the time might have been top 20 that year, but Kyrie Irving's not going to go down as a top 20 player of all time. LeBron's never had that kind of talent. He went to Miami and found it. Dwayne Wade might be a top 20 player of all time. He's a stud. Awesome player. Um, Play with Shaq, too, down there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in Cleveland, actually. Yeah, well, oh, I thought you were talking about Wade, too. But. Well, yeah, he, played, he played with Shaq in Cleveland. Top yeah. 20 player of all time right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when... <laughs> When Shaq was on the wrong side of 40. Shaq was big. Yeah, he was huge. Um, chunky, chunky. He, he was taking advantage of those Shaq packs up at, like, what was it, McDonald's or yeah. Burger King or something? But I remember uh, him coming, just looking at side by side how big was he huge. was. So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I was mad as a fan, but now that I think about it from a basketball perspective, LeBron James wants nothing more than to win championships. That's all he cares about. I respect the fuck out of that. That's, that's what sports are all about. And for all the people that say, well, Jordan never left and won championships, basketball, sports are not the same as they were 20, 30 years ago. It's like the people that argue with me and say, well, Baker's a great quarterback because his stats align with Dan Marino from the 80s. What the fuck are you bringing up 40-year-old stats for? 
quarterbacks don't play the same way that they did. And yes, Baker's stats line up because Dan Marino had a horrible rookie season, then went on to win the MVP in his second year and throw 45 fucking touchdowns or whatever. Baker hasn't come close to a year like that. (laughs) So stop comparing Baker to Peyton Manning and Dan Marino because their first two years kind of are aligned. Peyton Manning's in the fucking Hall of Fame now. He's been retired longer than Baker's been in the NFL. Stop comparing Baker to these fucking guys from 40 years ago. Baker will make it in the Hall of Fame. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, he'll be there as a ticket taker or something or a janitor. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, so back to baseball. Sorry, I got sidetracked a little bit because we were talking about the Mets. So the Atlanta Braves hold a lead in the East. Probably going to lock that up. Milwaukee Brewers, no shot for the Cardinals there. Uh, the Brew Crew are a really good team. Very underrated, in my opinion. They came into town and beat the fuck out of the Indians over the weekend. Which isn't saying much at this at this stage of the season, but right. still. Um, then you have the Giants and the Dodgers. Both have already locked up playoff uh, berths. That's how good those guys are. And San Francisco has 95 wins. The Dodgers have 93. Two and a half game lead for the Giants in the West. But obviously the Dodgers have the top wild card spot. We'll get to the wild card here in just a second when I can find it on my computer. And I found it. Lucky you. Toronto Blue Jays hold the number one spot in the American League. Uh, wild card, as we said earlier, could change by next week. Crazy that, yeah. At this time last week, we only we got a this two, episode, two weeks of baseball left, right? I think so, yeah, yeah, it's coming to an end. Um, but at this time, a week ago, the Yankees and Red Sox were sitting top one and two. Now it's the Blue Jays and the Yankees sitting one and two. Um, actually, I think, yeah, the Red Sox are right there in third. The Mariners are three games behind in the wild card. I think they're. It's going to be tough for them to get that three game change. So it's really it's going to be you're looking between the Blue Jays, Yankees, and Red Sox. So the American League East is going to be well represented in in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean you're looking at three teams. Who's got the Central locked up? It's uh, Chicago. Chicago, oh, yeah, yeah. and then mile. the was it West? Um, the West is the Astros. More than likely, Houston, they're yeah. they're like six and a half up right now over Seattle. If you would listen to the show, I just went over that. Kyle. No, sorry. When it, <laughs> sorry, I was just trying to pay. Th- I was trying to think of something else. But the Seattle's got the other one, right? Is that you said? The Seattle's in second place, but they're okay. like six All and right. a half games back. They're three back in the wild card, but again, that's going to be tough for them to climb yeah. that hill to get past Boston. Who does or Toronto. Uh, Who does Toronto play the last two weeks? Not oh, to get too much into a schedule. I'll I'm, look it up. Just let me... Uh... I can't look anything because for some reason my phone's not working. So, so Okay. I'll do the National League really quick. We have the Dodgers, as I said. They've locked up a, a playoff spot regardless. It's just, are they going to win the division or are they going to get the top wild card spot? But they're in the playoffs. Second place, St. Louis Cardinals. Cincinnati Reds, half game behind. San Diego Padres, one game behind. Phillies, three games behind. Mets, this four. This is a wild card That's going about over? it. Yeah. So okay. the National League wild card is tight. So keep an eye on those. Um, so we'll go over some schedules really quick here. So we have, whoops, did not mean to click that game. Um, but yeah, so I'll go over the schedule really quick here. And Fun we'll look fact, it over. I'm going to a St. Louis game. Are you really? Because I'll be in St. Louis the week of 27th, the last week of the season. Okay. So I'm going out there to help train a person for my job, and I'm, we're going Perfect. to a game at Bush Stadium. Never been. Yeah, enjoy. Kind of cool. So kind of cool. Didn't know this. So Seattle and Boston are actually playing each other right now. Okay, so that's going to make some changes. So that's huge. It's, yeah. it's three to three in the tenth. They're in extra extra innings right now, so that's great for them because that's going to help Seattle to gain. They're right. down by three games. They need that win in Seattle too. Um, Cincinnati is currently playing Pittsburgh. They're up two to nothing in the first inning. Pittsburgh's one of the worst teams in baseball, so that should be good for Cincinnati to help the, keep them afloat in the National League wild card spot. The Yankees, same thing. They're playing the lowly Baltimore Orioles, arguably the worst team in baseball. So. That will help them. Yeah. That'll it, assuming they're gonna sweep them or you know whatever. That's gonna really help them stay afloat. And then uh, what else do we have? We have San Diego playing San Francisco. San Diego's in pretty much must-win situations. Um, 
And then we have... Well, we won't go to Thursday. We'll just stay on Wednesday. I'm just curious if Toronto's going to be playing the Yankees or the Red Sox in the next two weeks. So Toronto, are they're playing Tampa Bay. And, oh, they already won today. So that already happened. So they won 6-3. to three. Wow. Toronto did over wow. Tampa Bay. So that's good for them. That's going to keep them going. Um, so, yeah, I won't get into all the schedules for all the teams, but that's kind of cool but the way the that next, works out. The next two weeks know. is going to be interesting then. Yeah. yeah, to look at it right now and, again, to see that you have Boston and Seattle playing right now, how perfect timing is that mm-hmm. for baseball. You have right. two teams battling for the uh, wild card spot. So that's cool. I love baseball. I love playoff baseball, so I'm very excited for that. Speaking of sports I love, speaking of picking teams and bullshit like that, it's time to do week two picks, Kyle. How do we do week one? Um, So I don't know exactly. I never actually looked it over, but since we split um, on the picks that we do on, on Facebook, my guess is that because I fucked up that one pick, I think we went eight and eight on that. We did go eight. Yeah, we, we so tied. So I think you had the same pick. So you're eight and eight on here, if I had to guess. And because I fucked up my pick on the Facebook page, but on the show I picked Ale- Miami. Allegedly, you know I picked Miami. I went over very very easily on the show, and uh, <laughs> allegedly I accidentally clicked fucking New England on my pick. My pick. I meant to pick Miami. I told you guys that I thought Miami was going to win the game. So for that, with that being said, I'm eight and eight on Facebook, but I'm nine and seven <laughs> on here <laughs> because I had Miami on this fucking paper. So, yeah, I think you're 8-8. Eight eight. I'll go over the scores another time, but uh, just assuming we're on the paper, I think Real I quick week one recap, though. What surprised you? Oh, uh, surprising thing for me, um, well, that's tough. Because, obviously, it, week one's hard. It's sure. really hard to pick everything because you go into it as the team from 2020. That's what you think of. Yeah, that's what, that's what spreads are based Unless on, Unless there yeah. are huge changes to teams. Right. Like, obviously, the Bears drafting Justin Fields but not playing him starting any Dalton, you go, All right, I don't think the Bears are going to be very good until right. Justin Fields starts playing and doing his thing. So same thing can be said for pretty much any of the other teams. So we look at some of the scores from week one, and you had the surprising win from Cincinnati over Minnesota. That was going to be my pick. That was, was a, that was a surprising game because you don't expect that. Zach Taylor, to me, isn't a very good coach. Yep. Cincinnati's not a very good team. However, Minnesota's offensive line is garbage. Minnesota's defense looked like garbage. They just look like they're going to have a bad year. Things yeah. aren't going very great in Minnesota for, for Mike Zimmer. So... Uh, you know, that was a surprising one. I think, um, my other one, not to jump in front no, no, of you, ahead. was, uh, the Vegas Monday night game. Uh, that was a fantastic, that was game. a hell of a game. Like I'm anytime a, a team in the, the, did the you, North did, loses. Did, yeah. Yeah. You're excited. I'll take a loss for my, did you picks. watch the Eli Payton thing a little bit? I watched most of it in the beginning and then so, I got kind of bored. Not going to lie. I thought that it was the entire game, but I didn't realize it was on ESPN too. And I'm like, this cannot go on all game. Like, I love these guys. Like, I love Peyton. But I'm like, this is a little awkward. Like, they're forcing some of it, you know? And yeah, it was tough in the beginning because, like, you're just awkwardly watching Peyton Manning yelling at a fucking uh, uh How much do you did? You, how much did you not know about football, too? Oh, I mean, th- those guys <laughs> could teach you more than I'll, you'll ever imagine. When they're going over the play calling and what they mean and drawing it out, I'm like, what are you talking See, about See, what right I wish now? would happen, it's, it's – I don't, I don't like the, the setup of it because it's too quick. Yeah. It's literally – they're they're yelling about what they're seeing, and then the, on the the real life game, the guy calls hike, and the play is going, and Peyton's still talking about something else. And I'm trying to watch the game, but I'm trying to listen to Peyton Manning. Yeah. And I'm like, the fuck, I can't keep up with all this. Yeah. 
they need to do a segment where they're breaking down plays after the fact. So yeah. They can rewind and they can say, "Here's what he did here." Yeah. Let me show you why you saw this guy nod his head. Like that's a that's a tell. That yeah. You know what I mean? I would like, like to when, be able to dissect things. Like a little when bit he more. called out a play and what 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 it meant, and he said basically those those words you're saying before all of this are just cover like, like blocks and and coverage and 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 moving and and motions and stuff, and that's all right. it is. Yeah, that's, and that's all it crazy is. to me. And um, the I, verbiage, and that, that's another thing too, is like. You listen to some pro athletes talk, and you hear them, and you might think, like, well, that guy sounds, like, really stupid. Like, he doesn't sound like he, he's ever read a book in his life, etc. And then you see the verbiage you have to use for for call play and, and like, different reads and different blocking schemes yeah. and this and that. To think that they just have that memorized, and it's yeah. like, that's fucking insane to me. Yeah. That they remember Quarterbacks especially. Yeah. The fact that a quarterback can memorize a playbook and know everything, know where... And not only knows what he needs to do, he knows where everybody else needs to be as yeah, well. That's crazy. That's impressive to me. And that, that's why I love football because there's so much more to football than just going out there and hitting people. Like people right. just think it's some easy sport, but it really isn't. So it's is a that very not maybe you know sport. the answer? Is that going to be an every week thing to do every Monday night? No, they talk about it. It's only going to be a handful of weeks. I okay. want to say maybe like five to six games this year. They have it's cool. I, I liked it for a little bit. Yeah. You know, I'll definitely tune no, in it was and cool. listen to it again. I enjoyed it. Uh, but um, those are my two surprises: Cincinnati and the Vegas Baltimore game. Yeah, so I'm having trouble with my phone as well. I don't know what's going on. With, maybe it's my internet, but I can't get things to load up here. Uh, so I was trying to get the the score or the schedule going from week one so i could recap a couple games actually i think my internet's now working again i don't know what the hell happened probably all of that midget porn that i download slows things down uh so quick recap cowboys lost to the buccaneers on a nail biter we both picked the buccaneers i didn't even expect that game to be as close as it was the buccaneers defense does not look like the playoff buccaneers defense but the cowboys defense looks just like the cowboys 2020 defense um healthy Dak prescott that offense really can't be stopped in, in Dallas. So that's going to be a scary team uh, to an extent because they, they play in the East. I was surprised by Dak's performance, to be honest. Yeah. I didn't think he'd have he looked, that he confidence. Great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He looked really good, so good for them. Uh, Jaguars beat, lost to the Texans. Again, that was kind of a shit game for the week. It was a pick your poison. I just thought, give me the rookie. Maybe Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer have something special going. No, they got their asses kicked, so that was a bad game. Uh, the Chargers with a comeback win against Washington. Ryan Fitzmagic. Uh, is out, broke his hip or whatever. So Did you hear the like conspiracy theory? No. Oh, so real quick, I'll, I'll oh, make God. it uh, interesting. So um, <laughs> I guess a fan called into the local radio station down in Washington. Okay. And he says, um, you guys think that he hurt his hip in the game. We know he hurt his hip about three weeks ago at a water park. And so he went into detail. There's a mm. local water park down there that he took him and his seven kids to because, God damn, that guy's a lot of kids. Mm. That's and, nothing compared to And said he's down there all the time, down there doing Phillip whatever. Rivers. And he always goes down the big uh, water slide like crazy. Mm. And when he came down the one time, he hit his hip real hard to the point that he could barely walk. Like he was having a hard time getting out of the pool. And the entire time he was there, he was like walking around painfully, like taking you know, a little pressure off how he was walking and stuff. He goes, so we all knew that he was hurt. We all kind of said, eh, is he going to be okay? So he's like, we think, and our prediction is that he just re-injured that because he, he was only in there for what? Not even a quarter and a half? Two quarters, Something maybe. Something like that, yeah. And he goes, "We think that when he came down on it again, it's the same side that he got hurt at the water park." So, of course, the radio person's like, "Does this check out?" And he's like asking the guy, "He's like, is that a real water park?" I'm like, yeah, it's legit. And he t- and he actually saw pictures of the of the slide. He's like, "Interesting." So we got Hipgate now. <laughs> so the reason I'm gonna say that probably isn't accurate. Okay, go ahead. Hear me out. First two things: if a guy gets a bad enough injury like that, a professional athlete gets hurt. Sure. You're not covering that up. People at the water park are going to see Ryan Fitzpatrick limping around. He's got yeah. that huge beard. He's a recognizable person. Well, he guy called in. I mean, there might be more people calling in now that this Maybe. guy came out. The I, other thing, too, though, is that 
if he hurt it that bad, he was obviously in a ton of a ton of pain. Sure. The only way to get past that pain is still play NFL football for the last two weeks of practice, for the preseason, for the week one. You're going to need drugs. You're going to need shots. You're going to need taken care of by your medical staff. How do you explain to your medical staff what happened? He's old, man. Just... But the other thing, which I agree with, but yeah, hips just go at that age. Nice. But the other thing too is I also just think Ron Rivera is too old school of a coach to where if his quarterback was that hurt to where he's limping and barely yeah. walking, Ron Rivera's not risking a game. I think he's too stubborn. Riverboat Ron's not going to be like, well, we got to play him. I don't think he would have played just, at all. Just, just enough. No, it's definitely a, little, a cool story. A it's, interesting it's enough in to there make to, you think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I also just, I don't know, again, if a guy got hurt that bad at a water park, I mean, yeah. that's a lawsuit waiting sure. to happen. That's like a huge story. Yeah. So I get it. Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't want to void his contract. It's probably in there. You're not supposed to be at water parks. Yeah. But again, if, if you're going to do that in a public area like that, right. th- why risk your career? I don't know. Because all Watch. it takes is one person to snap some pictures of you going down the slide, even if he never got hurt. Yeah. And he his his contract's void because they're. But like, I mean, how it. how I mean, you don't think the water slides are dangerous? You're just at a water park with your kids going down the slide. My, my other thing too is it's like, not like Miles Garrett's dunking a basketball. What could hurt his hip though? Because when you're at a water park, I guess they said when you come down, it, it's pretty quick. One of those fast yeah. ones. He said they went to the side and hit something when he came off the slide, and he hit his hip pretty bad. I mean, I, I, guess. I don't know. I I, it was like... just very interesting to hear. I feel like more people would be hurt on that all the time, though, sure. that are lesser athletes. I get will, it. I get know. it. It was just one of those know. stories where it was kind of interesting all, I, to hear. I don't so. buy into conspiracy theories. I like to think that there's <laughs> everything that happens can be logically broken down in my head. That's how I how I assess everything. So for me, I immediately look for holes in stories. Like my wife shows me TikTok, and I hate TikTok. She'll show me videos like yesterday or whatever. She showed me a video of a guy who this girl bought fart spray, quote unquote. So I'll tell the story really quick. She sprays it in the room, calls her boyfriend in, and goes, "Oh, my stomach hurts. I don't know what's wrong. Oh, yeah. like, my stomach hurts." And the guy walks in and he takes a big whiff and he's like, "Oh God, what's wrong?" And I told my wife, "Me, they said that's fake. It's a very <clears throat> fake video." She's like, "Why do you have to say that? Why? What makes this one fake?" And I'm like, "If I, if anyone walks in a room and their girlfriend says they have a stomach ache and they just ripped a bi- ripped a big fart, what what boyfriend or husband willingly goes, "Oh, hang on." Let me sniff it. Nobody does that. Everyone would just be like, what the fuck? You walk away. You don't go in and take a huge whiff. That's What the... dead animal did you eat? What person willingly whiffs, sniffs a fart from their spouse? There are some weird ones out there. Though. I guess to an extent, but you're not going to film it and put it on TikTok. Sure. Nobody's doing that. So, I mean, right away, I just I, I find I find holes in everything. That's just who I am as a person. You, I can. You should go back to the 60s and pick, pick apart the JFK apart. assassination then. That's next week. We're doing a bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> the JFK. The conspiracy theory JFK episode. So then we go into the Seahawks. As we expected, the Seahawks handled the Colts very easily. The Seahawks look like that team that's going to start off 6-0. and And yep. Russell Wilson's going to be the, the MVP candidate. And he was on fire that day. He, he, was, he was great. Couldn't miss. Because he can't in the first yeah. few weeks of the season. Um, Jets did as expected. Uh, Zach Wilson had a horrible start to his career. How many texts were sent off to those? Uh, oh, I immediately text them. When he was <laughs> one of six for seven yards to start his career... One of six passing for seven Did yards. Did you screenshot the I was stat like, line hey, and send it? Hey, is this good? Because when he was good in the preseason, they would send us texts of his stats <laughs> yeah. and go, hey, Justin, is, is this good? I can't tell. Is this good? Because Zach Wilson was rated like number two of all quarterbacks in the preseason because half of them didn't play at that point. Yeah. So when that happened, I'm going, hey, is, is that good? One of six for seven yards. Response? Is that good? They ignored me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he threw his interception. I'm like, hey, Mormon Manziel throws his first career interception. And I'm just rubbing it in. Uh-huh. And then obviously they, they, made a, they tried to make a comeback in the second half. And my friends, they're, they're such diehard Jet fans. They'll find any, they'll, they'll find shit on that in anything. Um, so they go, well, you know, Carolina, 
might be one of the better defenses this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they finished like top five. They're a great defense. And, you know, the Jets did this right. They were making that comeback. I, we're we're going to be fine. Zach Wilson has an elite arm. And, like, they just they, they found every little thing to make it sound better than it really was. It was a shit show. Carolina is not a very good team. We've all been there as Cleveland that's fans. How, that's what we I tell understand. them. Like, I always say that. I'm like, I feel bad. I'm like, was this how I was as a Browns fan? Like, was I in this <laughs> denial about everything, this naive? Uh, so the Vikings lose to the Bengals in overtime on last second. That almost ended in a tie. Go figure. The yeah. fucking Bengals are always almost tying people or tying people. They have like the most ties yep. in, of yep. any team. Uh, the Cardinals beat the fuck out of the Titans, punched them in the mouth, and never let up. Kyler Murray looked like an MVP. That was Albeit, a crazy game. Tennessee's defense, just like <clears throat> last year, one of the worst in football. Yeah. So that sucked. Well, uh, I mean, not, Tennessee to, overall, not, not they, to see Tennessee's Derek offense do anything. Run. Yeah. Uh, the, the Fitz, or not Fitzpatrick, I'm sorry, the Tannehill to Julio Jones. Uh, love affair has not started off great. Uh, Mike Vrabel actually got pissed at Julio Jones for getting a, a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for for punching a guy. Uh, he was pissed. So overall, the Titans are in bad shape, I think. And I, I I'd be worried if I'm Mike Vrabel to be honest, because you're a defensive minded coach. You're in Tennessee. Your offense is there. You have the best running back in football, arguably, who's getting now shut out essentially. And your defense has been garbage for multiple seasons. So if I'm if I'm Mike Vrabel, I'm kind of worried about being on the hot seat because. There's a lot of money and a lot of expectations in Tennessee, and uh, things could be wearing thin for him, but he's one of those guys that I could see getting fired and immediately being hired by somebody else. Yeah, I don't absolutely. think he'll be out long, but uh, Tennessee's definitely a team to look for as as a failure and the end of an era, if you will, because Tennessee was a team that, for the last few years, they're they're a playoff team, they're a contender, et cetera, yeah. and we beat them last year. I felt good about it. To come. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Is this is this was week one a fluke, or is this just who the Titans are? Uh, then we go to Detroit where the Niners had a commanding lead over the Lions. That was very interesting. And game. then the Lions tried tried making a little comeback. Some onside kick magics, just, you know, hell of a comeback by Jared Goff and the Lions. <clears throat> Made it a 41-33 game, but it was really never that close. Right. Uh, Pittsburgh goes into Buffalo, and they somehow snuck out a win. I mean, in the luckiest fashion, and I'm not just saying this as a Browns fan to try to sound like a hater or anything like that. Pittsburgh's offense was anemic. It was awful. Najee Harris played all 50-something snaps. They couldn't get the run game going. Even the passing game was okay. Well, I think Ben actually uh, graded out as the worst quarterback. Yeah, he had a horrible week. I mean, real, I'm just being honest. Their offense was terrible. Uh, their defense, though, stepped up. They blocked a punt. Their defense really confused Josh Allen. They barely blitzed, so they just played great defense overall. I think they blitzed 3% of the yeah. time, or maybe only three times. Something very, very So minuscule. what does that say? Does that say something to you that Josh Allen maybe is not who we think he is, or is it just a one-game fluke that Josh Allen just couldn't get together for that game? I think that's kind of more so what it is. I'm not going to over... I don't overanalyze week one in the NFL because it could be any. It's like fantasy right. football. You could come in fantasy football and get blown out week one, and then you're like, all right, now it's time to reassess. Let's let's see what went wrong now that it's the bullets are flying, as they say, and you go from there. Um, so I'm not going to overreact. I, I do think the Bills are one of the better teams. They started off okay. Uh, they, they barely tried to run the ball. Zach Moss was a last-minute inactive. Out of nowhere, a healthy scratch, which yeah. is confusing. Devin Singletary's not a, a true number one running back, so it's almost as if... Sean McDermott went into that game going, hey, guys, we're not running the ball, and we're not going to fucking hide it. We're going to beat you in the air and and try to at least. They couldn't. I mean, Pittsburgh played great. J.J. Watt, everybody showed up, uh, confused him. They just played great defense. So kudos to the Pittsburgh defense offense, though, and and the run game and all that. Pure garbage, just as we expected. So Pittsburgh, to me, is a pretender of a team. They're going to win some games. Pittsburgh fans are going to pretend to be excited about it, but you guys suck, and and, and everybody knows it. Uh, Eagles beat the piss out of the Falcons. Um, Jalen Hurts looked pretty. Jalen Hurts looked good, good, but again, 
It's the Falcons. Falcons yeah. are one of those teams that they're one of the worst in football. Yeah. So take it with a grain of salt. Did look very explosive, but it's week one. Hard to tell, uh, which leads us. We already broke down the Chiefs, so I'm not going to do that again. Speaking of teams that, was this a fluke or is there a fucking uh-oh button that needs to be pressed? The, the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> Jameis Winston threw for like 110 yards and five touchdowns. Five it was fucking downs. insane. Uh, they won 38-3. to Aaron Rodgers looked horrible through two interceptions. Uh, he, he did, I don't know if you want to call it, got benched. But at the end of the game, when it was out of hand. Jordan Love came in. Some people took it as like he was benched, but I think it was more so just like uh, this game's out of hand. Why even let him take another hit? It is what it is. I didn't watch the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, were you watching the game? No. So, I mean, do you see highlights? I didn't even see oh, highlights. Oh, yeah, I saw highlights. Did he just look just out of it that game or what? Yeah, he looked very out of it. Uh, the, the offensive line... I mean, the, the don't. I'm not taking anything away from the Saints defense. Saints defense is one of the best in football. They were getting pressure. They were making things tough for Rodgers. Uh, my biggest thing is he looks like a guy who didn't really take a lot of snaps in the preseason. And that's Tony Dungy brought up a really good point on Sunday night uh, pregame. And he said that out of like there were eight quarterbacks in the NFL who didn't take a snap in the preseason games. Aaron Rodgers was one of them. And I think he said five out of the eight. I don't know who the other ones are. He didn't go into detail. You could look it up if you want. I didn't look. And he said... Five of the quarterbacks who did not take a snap in the preseason really struggled week one. So to me, it just shows like that lack of camaraderie with everybody, even though Aaron still, Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I still don't think preseason Adams, matters, like, but that's... Yeah. Yeah, I, I think just taking some live snaps just helps your yeah, timing and sure. get shit like that down. Because there were plays where Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams was kind of wide open, and Aaron Rodgers never misses these passes, and he threw it behind him, gets it picked off. That doesn't happen with those two. Yeah. Never happens. So could it be a little... Fuck you to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers week one. Just a little stick it to him. Let's get the media talking a little bit. You know, I want some attention on my side. Or did they really just play like shit? I, I, we won't, I don't really know. I know Aaron Rodgers has been in this situation before where they start off a little slow, and that's when he did his famous, like, tells everyone to relax, like it's early. I think it's kind of that situation. I also don't think the Saints are a high-powered Jameis right. Winston offensive team. I mean, I think they'll be okay. Second but... most pickup player on the fantasy football waiver wire yeah. was uh But, I mean, even then, like, do people really think he's going to throw five TDs a game? His yardage was terrible. Like, 150 yards is nothing. Imagine if he throws 150 yards and one touchdown. You're not going to want that on your fantasy team. So, right. obviously, it's worth it's worth picking him up if you want. But uh, I think it's – let's let's see what happens. It's week one. It's early. Uh, we have Denver beat the piss out of the Giants. Uh I think that's more a testament to how bad the Giants are than yeah. how good the Broncos are. I think the Broncos are a decent Broncos team. like just good, medium, good mediocre. Defense. Yeah, sure. But the uh, the Giants are terrible. Uh, Dolphins beat the Patriots as expected. Uh, there was a was a costly <laughs> fumble, costly fumble by the Patriots when they were about to drive down to win the game. But uh, a win's a win. So I didn't see in the highlights with that one. Though. Did Mac Jones look okay? I mean, did he? He looked okay. I mean, nothing crazy. He was just accurate. Did his job. Game manager style, if you will. Yeah. Uh, Tua looked okay. Nothing special. I'm, you guys know me. I'm not a fan of Tua. Uh, then we have Sunday Night Football. Bears got the shit kicked out of them by the Rams. Matt Stafford on that Rams team is Looks makes legit. them a scary team, yeah. if I'm being honest. I thought the Rams were a damn good team to begin with, but I was always afraid of Jared Goff. Matt Stafford has put them on another level to where that team not only is a dominant defensive team, but that offense is now a scary ass team. That so, wide open Cooper Cup pass. I don't I don't know how he just fucking crazy. Matt like. Stafford's he, he's good. I mean, I think he was just he was shadowed by the dark cloud in Detroit. Yeah. So that was a great game uh for the Rams. And then Monday Night Football, as we said, Ravens, Raiders, overtime, Raiders squeak out the win. Feels good to watch the the Ravens lose. Lamar Jackson, the offensive line sucks. He He's still a really bad quarterback. Those those tackles Fumbling. on that, that that team gave in instantly. Like, yeah. they were so they were broke down every game. The every minute play. I saw what happened, my first thought was just, "Holy shit, 
what is Miles Garrett going to do to these off these tackles? Yeah, assuming they have still no bad. good tackles. Andrew like, Villanueva, who should have been out of the league five years ago. Like I, I'm looking forward to playing them. My only concern is obviously with Lamar Jackson. The, yeah. He does those circus style plays where he scrambles around and gets Which loose. Which means he could fumble a couple times too. Yeah, and you just get pissed off as a fan because you're like fucking tackle the guy, you lose your mind. But uh, other than that, nothing too crazy during the week. Some a couple upsets, but again, it's week one. This is where we kind of make the assessment. Now we go from there, and a lot of picks that we're probably about to give here in week two are going to be based on how teams played in week one, and it's going to turn out they were a fluke, and we're going to be wrong, and I look forward to talking about that <laughs> next week. So let's go over here. We have our week two 2021 NFL picks, and uh, let's do it. Let's start off with Kyle over here and then Justin here. We have Thursday Night Football Washington hosting the New York Football Giants. Easy one for me. I'm going Washington. I think New York sucks. I'm not a fan of Danny Dimes. Um even with Tyler Henneke, I saw Tyler Henneke play the Buc- Buccaneers as about as great as you could play. You could have played them in the playoffs last year, and I think that Washington defense is pretty damn good. So just being the home team, I think they're going to run a lot with Antonio Gibson. I just think uh, their defense is going to be way too much for, for yeah. uh, Daniel Jones, so I'm going Washington. Yeah, it's an easy pick. Washington for sure, just agreeing with you. I just Giants are not a good team at all. All right, moving on. We have the Patriots taking on the Jets. We have rookie QB versus rookie QB in division rivalry. Bill Belichick going against a rookie quarterback where he usually does a fucking great job of defending them. However, we'll see what happens. I mean, was the second half Jets real or was that Carolina taking their foot off the gas? Uh, I'm going to go with Carolina taking the foot off the gas. I think so too. And I also think that the way Miami is a much better team than the Jets, Patriots almost beat them, albeit they were at home. Now they're on the road. New York's not that far. It's a division game. They've played yeah. there enough. Give me the Patriots. Yeah, I think Mac Jones is going to have a coming out party this game. Um, I'm going Patriots as well. And again, I just not to not to dwell on my friends too much, but I think the Jets are one of the worst teams in football. <laughs> uh, next up, we have the Broncos against the Jaguars. For me, it's an easy one. Broncos are going to take this because the Jaguars are that bad of a team. They are so fucking bad. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think this is a pretty easy win for them. Yeah, I, I look at some of these teams. And I, just, I look at like I, I'm I'm not to cut you. I'm, I'm looking at the meltdown of Urban Meyer the entire yeah. year. My thing though, I look at is like, how come the Browns? I get it. They do your schedule kind of based off how you did the last season. But like, look at the Broncos starting off. You get the Giants and then the Jags. They're gonna start off two and zero. Yeah, the Denver Broncos, a team that like are an afterthought. Yeah. You don't even think of them as anything. Meanwhile, the Browns are starting off against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. I yep. get it. Houston's their week two, but like, still imagine going back to back with just shit teams to play to play against. But uh. So Denver's easy pick there. Here's a good game. We have Buffalo against the Dolphins. The Dolphins looked okay against the Patriots, but Buffalo looked terrible against the, the Steelers. Yeah, this was a. I mean, this was not really a coin coin flip for me, but I thought about this one for a second as well because, like, is it going to be Buffalo coming out and doing what they did again against Pittsburgh? But then again, Miami doesn't have a great defense like Pittsburgh does. So I think, in my opinion, I think this is going to get Josh Allen. He's going to write the ship a little bit. That's what I think. And he's going to come out. Bills are going to figure it out here. Yeah. Bills are going to get this win. It should be a probably yep. a hot one down there in Miami. But uh, I'm going with the Bills. Yep. Next up, Niners traveling across the country to the Eagles, but not that far because they were just in Detroit. So the Niners starting off on the road, two games. Uh, this should be a fun one because, I mean, the Eagles played great against the shitty Falcons yeah. and the Niners played great against the shitty Lions. So let's see. who It's a bender break for both teams. What do you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm going with San Francisco. I think they're, I well. they're the truth. I think they're just tried and true. They're going to continue to do what they do, and, and they have a hell of a team. Even with their, their most are out for the year, the backup running back performed well Elijah last Mitchell week. played great, yeah. Yeah. And they didn't even activate Trey Sermon, the ex-Buckeye. So yeah. he'll probably be active this week. So you replace Raheem Mosert for a little bit. And now yep. you just go, fuck it, Trey yep. Sermon's Absolutely. in. So, yep. And I think in that Shanahan running game, uh, I think they're going to take the game here. So give me San Francisco as well. 
Now we have the Los Angeles Rams against the Colts. Uh, tough one for the Colts again. The Colts are not getting anything handed to them in the start of the season. Uh, the Rams, to me, look legit. As we just talked about, Matthew Stafford seems like he's putting that team on the next level. Uh, so for me, I'm going the Rams. Yeah, I'm going, I agree with you. I think this should be an easy win for him, too. Uh, Rams, for sure. I will give the Colts credit, though. They started off very well against the uh, the, the Seahawks. I mean, uh, Wentz looked good through a touchdown. Jonathan Taylor looked great running the ball. But then the wheels fell off. They couldn't keep it up. So the Rams are the pick for me. Next up, we have the Oakland Raiders, or Las Vegas Raiders, I'm sorry, who just beat the Baltimore Ravens against the Steelers. Um, for me, this was a tough one. <laughs> I honestly don't remember who I picked on our, our group paper. I don't want to look at it. I'm going to go with my gut here as I speak. Um, well, I think we had the same exact paper. so We did. I'll let you go first. Okay. So this was another one that I thought about for a little bit, especially after Monday night's game. Yeah. Because I thought, you know, is, is Vegas legit? I mean, their defense is okay. I mean, it's not great, but their defense did did, did great against uh, Baltimore. Um, but I went Pittsburgh. I, I just I, – I, for some reason, I just – Pittsburgh at home. Um, I don't know. It's hard to pick against Pittsburgh when they play, like, the Vegas – I know I'm going Pittsburgh and I think you picked Pittsburgh too. So, yeah, I did. And the reasoning behind that, I, I thought about it for a second. It all clicked why I did that. Um, Raiders played Monday night. Yep. So they're not, they're on a short week going into Pittsburgh. That's a hell of a, that's a hell of a distance to travel. Uh, you went to overtime on top of it. Yep. So you just played uh, a five quarter game on Monday night. Now you're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers defense in Pittsburgh on Sunday. The game starts at one o'clock. You're from Vegas time. It's an early start. I know that's it. Didn't it backfired on me picking the Chargers last or picking the Redskins last week? But um, I mean, I'll gladly be I'm wrong on this one. I, exactly. This is I would one. love to. For, I, for I picked the Ravens to, to beat the Raiders last week, so um, I was happy to be wrong. Then I'll be happy to be wrong again. But I'm going to go Pittsburgh as well. Yep. Just because of the hometown uh, aspect. That's it. Home field advantage. Next up, kind of a shit game. Bengals and Bears. Yeah, it was a shit Do game. Do we see a Burrow and Fields <laughs> head-to-head? I would love to, but Does no. Does Matt Nagy no. come to his senses? Absolutely not. Nope. We have Andy Dalton against his former team, the Bengals. <laughs> That's the storyline right really there. It really is. That's it. There's a storyline at either quarterback for the Bears, so it's kind of it's kind of a win-win for them, except for when the game starts, then it's a lose, in yeah. my opinion. So yeah, this, I'm going Cincinnati, yeah, personally. Yeah, you, I mean, to me, I, I but I thought about this one longer than I probably should have. Right, because again, the Bengals... Were they real in week one, yeah. or was it just a, a testament to how bad the Vikings are? Right. I mean, is Joe Burrow going to put out. those numbers up the entire year, or or what? But yeah, no. I, I also to... don't think the Bears' defense was as bad as they looked on Sunday. I just think that Rams team is that good. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious to see this, this the Bears play. But with that being said, just because of what I saw week one, Bengals yep. Bengals were the pick for yep. me. I went with Cincinnati as well. Uh, next up, Houston and Cleveland. I think we both agree it's going to be Cleveland. That one we went over earlier. I think they have the largest uh, margin, too, spread, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah as they should. Uh, next up, we have the Saints, who, again, dominated the Packers, taking on the, the Panthers. The best defense in the league, Panthers. Panthers struggled a little bit against uh, <laughs> the Jets, and then they ended up figuring it out, almost almost choked away that game a little bit. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is really the only thing to pay attention to down there. He's the best Does he back stay healthy all year? I think so. I think he'll be okay. I mean, that, it's, that little, it's obviously that, a crapshoot. That little boy takes a beating. He's so he's their whole offense, but yeah. I just think he's not going to be enough against the Saints team. I just think uh, the Saints defense, as I said earlier, is legit. I think they're a very good defense. Uh, I think they're going to figure out Sam Darnold. It's going to be a long day for him, so I'm going to go with New Orleans yep, myself. Yep, I agree. I'm going. With, I'm going with them as well. Next up, we have the Minnesota Shit Vikings traveling to Arizona, who look like the surprise Super Bowl favorites right now, or. You know, legit contenders with Arizona. 
Uh, with that being said, because of how bad the Vikings look and because of how great the Cardinals looked week one, Cardinals were the easy pick for me. Yeah, this was very easy to pick. So that was a no-brainer right there. Next up, the shitty Falcons against the great Buccaneers. Again, it's almost like you give your pick away before you even get to actually I mean, pick. This one's just being honest. Anybody that watches football, if you're listening, if you've listened to this show this long, and we're over an hour and a half into it, if you've listened this long, you know the Falcons suck. You're a sports fan, so this one should be pretty fucking easy. I'm going Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa Bay, easy pick. Next up, we have the Titans against the Seahawks. Titans look like ass. Seahawks looked great. It's early in the season. Seahawks tend to play great and look great. So for me, Seahawks are the easy pick here. Yep, I'm going with A lot Seattle. of easy ones for me. But obviously, this is where comebacks, or I'm sorry, upsets come to bite you in the ass because you think, this is fucking easy. I'm going to make some bets. I'm going to put, put money on these teams. Somebody's going to choke. This one could be the game of the week, in my opinion. I, I think it's the, <clears> the, I hope it's the game for everybody to watch. Cowboys at Chargers. You have the up-and-coming Justin Herbert-led He looked Los pretty Angeles good last Chargers. week. Looked very good. Yeah. Um, then you have the Dallas Cowboys, who, again, are one of the best teams in football offensively. Uh, for me personally, I have Justin Herbert as my starting quarterback in one of my fantasy leagues, so I'm very happy about this week's matchup because he should be able to throw for a couple hundred yards and a few tutties, and I'm very excited about that. And I only said the word tutties because Ken Carman tweeted about how he hates it, so it just made me want to say it right there. Um, I don't normally, I don't think tutties. I've ever said the word tutties, tutties. in my life, but because like he, he t- t- uh, tweeted about how he hates the word, so it just made me want to say there it. There you go. So, uh, this is a tough one, though. Don't remember who I picked. Well, I know who you picked, but go ahead and make your decision. Who does your heart say? I think my heart says the Chargers. Okay. Is that who I picked? No. Really? I picked yeah. Dallas? Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, shows what I know. Uh, <laughs> Go with it. I, mean, I think I might have just, I think I picked Dallas because of the veteran team. I went with, you know, Dak and Zeke and, and, and Amari Cooper over Justin Herbert. Even yeah. though he's home, it's their their first home game of the year. Um. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, now I want to go Chargers all of a sudden. I don't know why. No, I mean, gonna, you can just stick with it. I'm I mean, going to go Cowboys okay. just because I saw how well they played against Tom Brady, and I just think I think this could be a good year for the Cowboys if they can stay healthy. Yeah. Nothing great because their defense is so bad, but I think this could be a good mm-hmm. year for them. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Dallas. Yeah, I, I went with Dallas. That was a pick. Uh, I just think, like you said, Dallas is – I, I, this was a, this was I, a tough I hate one. There picking tough Dallas. This week. I just hate I hate Dallas. But, I mean, just I, I this could be a good year for them if yeah. they stay healthy. Like, I, I agree. And Dak seems to get it together. As long as he doesn't get hurt, I'm, yep. we'll be all right. Game of the week, Sunday Night Football. Really cannot wait to watch this one personally. Uh, Chiefs against the Ravens get to see the Chiefs against another AFC North team get to see the Ravens taking on an even better uh, team than the Raiders and that should be exciting does kind of suck though as a Browns fan I hate seeing other rival teams get nothing but prime time Monday night then a Sunday night game for the Ravens like uh, we were the better team last year you know we looked a little bit better in the playoffs than the Ravens did I think uh, the Browns have higher expectations than the Ravens but the NFL doesn't care they give the fucking Ravens all these primetime games so fuck them fuck the Ravens fuck the NFL and give me the Chiefs. Uh, so where are you going to get to the point here? I mean, <laughs> I think we all knew that was coming. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going Chiefs here too. I think uh, Mahomes, Chiefs are one of the best teams in football. Mahomes are going to have a heyday. The Ravens have been exposed as a team with no offensive line, with a weak running game. I think Andy Reid's going to be able to really take advantage of that. And the Ravens' defense, to be honest, didn't look like they could stop anybody either. Outside I mean, of Derek, Queen, I mean, it's yeah. Even then, Patrick Queen's good. Marlon Humphrey's good. But I also think that losing Marcus Peters was a bigger loss yeah. than any of their running backs. So, with that being said, the Chiefs, I think, are going to have a field day against the Ravens. Yep. So, Kansas City, easy. Give me the for Kansas me. City Chiefs. Uh, Monday Night Football: Lions and Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers bounces back, and the Pack Show bounce back as well, and they handle the Lions pretty easily. Very sad. Shout out to Jeff Akuda, um, ex Ohio State Buckeye. Top draft pick by the uh, the Lions last year. He tore his Achilles in Sunday's loss to the Niners. So he's done for at least this season. 
You hate to see it, especially ex-Buckeye players. I really like Jeff Akuda. Thought he was a great player in, in college. Really wanted to see him excel in the in the pro level. He hasn't been able to do that yet. So tough loss for them. But with that being said, a really bad team lost arguably their best defensive yep. player. And now Aaron Rodgers is going to have have a little bit of a. He's got. He's got. Let's some, hope he does. He's got. He's got to prove some people wrong about that week one he, game. He just goes out and says, "Fuck everyone this year," and says, "Bench me in the fourth quarter all the time." I'm just going to play bad. I don't, know. I don't bad. think he wants that because he wants out of there. But I don't think he's going to sabotage himself and hurt his value because then no one's going to want to sign him yeah. next year. Or he just doesn't give a shit and he's like, "Fuck it, I'll just play like shit for Green Bay and I'll play great next year when somebody else signs me." Because who's right. not going to sign Aaron Rodgers? Right. Let's be honest. Absolutely. But uh, well, the Browns easy. Won't, so that's okay. So that'll do it for this week's edition of Talking About Balls. We covered a little bit of everything, and that's what I love about this show. We did it. Uh, Week two picks are in, and we'll talk to you guys again next week and let you know how those picks went. And that's that. That's all I got. That's it. Nope. Have a good night. See you.